you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 214. On tonight's episode, the Manlings have on some guest Manlings from some cubic shenanigans show. And they're going to all talk about Adepticon because more people talking about the same four days makes it better. Yeah. Right. So shut up. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage Utils. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to be informed and entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you the largest Age of Sigmar event, period. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm Alex's helper with a red staff shirt. That is a lot of people. We had a lot of helpers this year. <laughs> a lot. It was kind of amazing. Like It was. I, 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 I helped last year, and I watched you struggle, and there were years I just played and I watched you struggling and you know I'd hear the stories about how you were stretched so thin you know and it's like oh wow <laughs> things are working mm-hmm. oh that's good great. year yeah no it was so much fun oh so how are you doing now that I it's all done recuperating it is still a process I have more extra paperwork in my house than I care to look at um, we do keep everything for a few weeks after just in case there's any sort of error or any sort of question. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, and I have to get to a good scanner because i got a bunch of lists I need to send down to Dan to AOS Shorts. So Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Well, and, and you and uh, knock on wood here as I thump my own skull, um, you avoided the con crud? Yeah. All Baby avoided the con avoided. crud? Yeah, but we were pretty insistent on like the hand sanitizer and anything like that before anybody touched her. So yes, but no, yeah, I see that everyone, with the baby. Yeah, everyone came away uh, happy. How about you guys? Um, I, I did not. I did not get sick. I got a little. I got a little uh, scratchy throat, like for about a day, and I just took some vit. Mm. vit- I took some vitamins, and uh, and there I was, right as rain. So excellent. So um. So should we get down to the sponsors and stuff like that? I think we should. Yeah, we probably should. Excellent. So, as always, you take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs. And Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. Not that Lindsay and not that Wakanda. Oh boy! And hey, we should also uh, thank all of our Patreon patrons while we are at it. Um, we want to say thank you to our associate producers: Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. AJC. We have an executive producer back. We do. Big Jake. Big Jake. Excellent. So thank you for coming back, Big Jake. And uh, we also want to thank our newest sponsor, Thomas Bailey. Thank you all for becoming part of the 1% that make this show and all the things we do with this ridiculous show possible. Um, yeah. So uh, if you want to, please go check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash garagehammer. Check it out. If you feel like you want to become a part of the of the 1%, that would be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. What else? What else? Oh, now... Um, Due to time constraints, we have um, 
we have some voicemails, but we aren't going to get to listen to them today. Um, okay. But I do love having voicemail because, you know, we have voicemail. We do have voicemail. And yeah. Dave, what's the number I need to call? Oh, if you wanted to call to leave a voicemail on the Garage Hammer voicemail line, that's one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. Uh, most international callers dial zero zero, and then one seven five seven GH show six. Um, yeah, people uh, totally. Uh, came up to me during Adepticon and they're like, oh, I was thinking about leaving you a voicemail, but I didn't know if I should. I'm like, I love voicemails. What are you talking about? If you listen to the show, leave me a voicemail. I love them. So we did get a couple, um, but I don't have them prepped and readied up because they just came in over the last day or two and I have been, um, oh, it's it's been stupid. Um, But so that's kind of why... well, that's kind of why this whole intro is, is, is winding up being quick. It's a little smush. So. Yeah. So, folks, um, uh, real talk. Uh, we recorded with the uh, with the uh, Cubic, uh, Cubic Shenanigans guys like uh, four or five days ago. And the episode <clears throat> is due out today. And we'd recorded all like this talk about Adepticon with them and ended the show. And then we like, oh, we have to go back into the beginning. And I was tired. And then it was kind of busy, and now here we are with, <sighs> okay, yeah, with so much, um, so much stuff going on, mm-hmm. and that I just we couldn't get it done till now. So we're just doing the intro. We're going to skip the toolbox. We're going to save our toolbox stuff for next episode. Um, I don't think we actually got that much done because it's all been doing Adepticon stuff anyway. So no big right. loss. Um, but so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break now. Um, mm-hmm. we got about two and a half hours left in the show and we've only took one break during that whole thing. So we're going to have two breaks. We're going to kind of quick, put the commercials in quick, and then it's going to be all Adepticon talk. I did my best with the sound. Um, I, there was a couple of minor issues, I think. Um, but that happens when you got three people, four people coming in through Skype. Other than that, um, I think you're going to enjoy it. Like we kind of went all over the place with the chit chat about, about yeah, uh, we did talk a whole lot of topics and a lot of different games too, not just AOS. Uh, Dan Beers or uh, Dan Bears, he was playing in Titanicus, uh, a song of ice and fire, and Age of Sigmar. So he got to see a lot more of the con than what the rest of us did. So yeah. it was good to see that perspective as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I guess that's it. So let's uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, it's gonna be all Adepticon. Five days in March, five days of glory, of wonder, of phantasmagoria. Phantasmagoria is a word. Shut up, Harrison. It um, actually is a word, Harrison. I know he can't hear you, but that, yeah, no, it, it, he thinks he's smart, but he's just it, he's only number smart, not literacy uh. smart. Yeah. So reading is fundamental. No, literacy's for losers. That's <laughs> um, kids today. Uh, grumpy old man, get off my lawn. All right, so that's it. We're going to break seriously now, and then when we come back, other stuff. Yes, sounds good. Okay, listeners, what's the number one rule of hobby gaming? 
Okay, well, the number one rule of hobby gaming is don't buy more models than you can paint, but we all break that rule constantly. So what's the real number one rule of hobby gaming? Support your friendly local gaming store. And my friendly local gaming store is Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. No, not that Wakanda. And no, not that Lindsay. So why Lindsay's Gamer Garrison? What do they have to offer? First, they carry everything Games Workshop. 40K, AOS, Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Kill Team, all the paint line. They even have Black Library books. They offer special discounts every day. And if you do go in there and there's something out of stock, special order discounts that you won't believe. After you buy all your models, feel free to stay and paint them at their fully stocked, totally free to use painting station. And then, once your army's ready, sign up for one of Lindsay's monthly tournaments. That's right. They have a local one-day event every single month, alternating between 40K and AOS. And that's still not all. Monday is Build and Paint Day. Come in on Monday, work on your latest project, you get a raffle ticket. Come in and play Warhammer on Saturday, get a raffle ticket. Now, what's the raffle? Every month, two winners receive a $50 gift card to use on GW products just for coming in and playing and painting and being part of the community. And that's not even all you get for coming in and being a part of the community. Come in for that Saturday gaming where you get a raffle ticket. You also earn a Lindsay's Gamer Token. And when you have eight tokens, you can turn them in and get free entry into one of the tournaments that I just mentioned earlier. And that's why I love Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. Fully stocked with all the GW product you could want, and they're doing their best to reward you for being part of the gaming community. What more could you ask for? A place to play, a place to build, a place to paint, a place to hang out, and a place that rewards you for being there. Folks, if you're looking for one place that will satisfy all your hobby needs, you have to come and see Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. And we are back, and we have a couple of very special guests with us tonight. Um, we have Brendan Melnick and Dan Bears from the Cubic Shenanigans podcast. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We're man. doing great. Thanks for having us with you tonight. Cubic Shenanigans. Who yes. came up with that title? I'm we, get- we roll dice, and we do shenanigans. So that, why that, should it that, be Cubic Shenanigans? That's a what, not a who. Dan does shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm, I'm a, a serious I'm, Warhammer businessman. I know, so serious. Obviously, you try listen to, to the show if you believe that. Try to try to steal my co-host. You're so serious about this stuff. I don't uh, think, yeah, don't think yeah, I forgot but, about you that. Know, it was I saw an opportunity, and uh, I'm I'm not one to uh, to not improve my standing in the universe. I'm just not gonna. Uh, I'm just not gonna. By the way, the Dan, while not, you know this was all going on before you got there, dude, he was totally like Psh, Dan. Who like I just need Alex. Well, see, I don't think you're being totally clear on what happened. And I was I, just like, and I, I offered in a trade Dan for Alex, so you would have two hosts, and the Alex and Brendan podcast would have to figure out who's in charge because we're both co-hosts. Uh, so you know, we would have to we would have mm. to learn. We'd have to have the experience on the job. You know, it's um, I was giving you a first round pick. Now, while I realized, wow, I, whoa, well, see, whoa, 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 whoa. 
David, while- here's the secret. Neither one of them want to do the editing. That's the thing. I would pay someone for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I would I'm, my OCD. No, you don't get to edit. No. Yeah. Let's just. Yeah. I have to. I have to. I have to control this. See, see, Dan, you you would get a lower job responsibility. <laughs> see the. This See, is, this, this is, is what was happening, and and you know what? I realized I might have had a few too many Diet Cokes. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yes. But You're there right. it is. I look to my right, and there's Carrie Ann, and she and I are giggling like a couple of mental patients. That's funny. And then somewhere through the haze, I hear somebody. So listen, you and me, we'll just do this our own podcast. You know, that way we don't have to put up with nonsense. And just like I was just like, wait, what? What? Wait, what is happening? <laughs> And then I got angry. And then he was like, look, I don't need Dan and you don't need Dave. And I was like, that's rude. And then he said, Dan's a funny name. And I'm like, that is not okay. And then he threatened to shank me. So I just went back to drinking. See, That's how I remember it. This is where we're getting the facts wrong, Dave. Uh, Yeah, Dave, this is uh, is, you were the one threatening other people with violence for multiple things. I very well might have been. But, hey, no Uh. no one takes my Alex. I already lost two Christophers. It, I'm not and while all this was going on, I was innocently playing Speed Freaks in another room. See? You that, know. Oh, no. no. I know you're a good guy, Dan. It's just that dude you're with. Yeah. <laughs> See? And again, you guys are just better aligned. You're both teachers. You're both a little bit older. Like, you know, you both take the game a lot less seriously. You know, uh, Alex and I... <laughs> I get this. Okay, so you both, yeah, you both never yeah, got over high school. You're, you're yeah. both terrible at but, the game. But this is the beautiful thing: is there's a balance in our shows, Dave. See, there's a balance. Yeah, dude. What do you got? You got two two teacher uh, story stinkers and two competitive gamers. That you, where's where's the balance? That's the question. I know well, because but we're on separate shows. That's the good part. See, if it was both of them, it would be obnoxious. And if it was both of us, we'd never get anything done. So right, you know. I'm still yeah. wait, I'm still waiting to hear Alex say, "Oh, I would never leave the show, Dave." <laughs> so this whole thing came about. Hold on, I got. Oh my god. Uh, all right, go. No, go. Go. Yeah, no, no. Um, so this whole thing came about as a result of the uh, community meeting that we had with Games Workshop and a lot of the other uh, representatives from the local communities. And we were talking afterwards, enjoying a couple of beverages, um, some more than others. But we started talking about doing a mega show with us, the Cubic Shenanigans crew, as well as Playing and Slaying. Um, which is another podcast out of the Milwaukee area. Um, <laughs> they got they got five minutes out of that, realized what this would be like, and they said, "Nope." <laughs> well, we also have the factor in Bertles Rod and Concrud too. Oh, that's so true. we have uh, Dan and Brendan on because we all the biggest thing about Adepticon is that there's so many different things that happen and so many different experiences, even within the context of one event, and the four of us each have very unique experiences of what happened at Adepticon. Because if we talk to Alex about Adepticon, I'm just going to poo on all over it because it wasn't as good as it usually is. Um, it be all down and negative, whereas Dave will be like, no, everything was fine. Because I had a um, good time, man. Yeah. I so I thought again, it would I be nice to get... Yeah, but 
I thought it would be a nice thing to get um, guys that had a very unique Adepticon experience on so, so we can talk about like what is really Adepticon and that it is a lot of different things to everybody. No, so I, that's what I, I, I appreciate Five that. Five days for in myself, March. I was I played four different gaming systems this weekend, you know, that weekend. And you did? What did you play? Different. I played... It, we'll go into some detail, obviously, but I played um, Adeptus Titanicus, you know, with the mini mini Titans. On Thursday, I played an all-day tournament, and I played my team tournament with AOS on, on Friday. Right. And then Saturday morning, I played Song of Ice and Fire, the uh, Game of Thrones board, you know, miniatures game. Okay. And then I played Speed Freaks, which is like an orc crazy, and I have some funny stories from that, but it's like an orc crazy... You get in vehicles and blow each other up and smash things. And then I played uh, Song of Fire and Ice again Sunday. So I played four different things, and all of them were very enjoyable. Cool. That's way more than I played. <laughs> so That's okay. Hey, variety is for some people. Mm-hmm. Hey, you at least got to play, though. Yes, I did. Didn't you play something? I played zero. <laughs> oh, that's right. I thought you were going to be in the team tournament, but you ran that, too. Yes, I ran everything. You you were more like the conductor, Alex. Yeah. You're the chef, man. Like, you make the amazing meal, and then you watch everybody else enjoying it, and that's your, that's, that's the satisfaction. No, 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 no. The more accurate comparison is I'm the DD for, like, 300 nerds <laughs> is really what it is. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's true, too. As the man trying to discern order from chaos, that's the... Yes. But it's okay. Chaos has the big hats with the giant corn symbols and stuff on them. Oh, brother. Anyway, so do we want to start, like, what, how do we want to start this? Like, just start from the beginning of the weekend? Do we want to do blow by blow? I don't know if we need to necessarily do a deep dive, but, like, what are your guys' big takeaways from Adepticon? Well, if I can start, I mean, I just love the fact that there's so much flexibility when you go in terms of what you want to play and how you want to play it, um, how in-depth do you want to get in any one system. Uh, so I, I, I'll just go into a little bit of my experience on Thursday with Adeptus Titanicus, which uh, Troy and I from the Planet Slaying podcast, The Basement of Death Guys, he and I have been playing that kind of regularly. And it's a really fun game, <clears throat> lots and lots of fun, very different And so I played in an all-day tournament on Thursday. And the highlight of it was the fact that you had 32 people on, like, all these tables playing this game all day. Because it's kind of like the best game you're never going to play. Like, you know there are a lot of people around you in your community that want to play it, but not a lot of people do. So having everybody in the same room all rolling dice, all with cool models on the tables was really a neat experience. And it was all day long. Um, so that was a very positive thing. And just, again, learning the rules because a lot of us haven't had a lot of experience. So the more games we were playing, the more we were getting the rules right is that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and, but it was, it was good. It was, it was an exceptional, um, Thursday night, you know, Thursday day. We played from nine thirty in the morning till almost five in the afternoon on Thursday. Um, the one now, thing that was interesting, play. I played three games. So it was kind of like the team tournament thing. We played one in the morning and two in the afternoon. And you played against one person. We had 1,500 points, which 
basically brought you like a warlord and maybe two or three smaller uh, titans and maybe a couple of knights or something like that. I had five warhound titans, like a little hunting pack thing, and some knights. Uh, so it was supposed to be, or it was built as a, a narrative event. And so they had a storyline that they were kind of going. It was Chaos versus Imperial. And that was kind of cool. The one thing that was a little bit challenging was the way that they had designed the scenarios. It was not based on the stuff in the books. And one of the neat things about the match play objectives in the books is you roll on a table, you roll twice, and you pick one of those objectives, but you never tell your opponent what the objective is. So it makes it very, very tactical. And it's not all about shooting. It's about moving. And, you know, again, the other guy doesn't know what you're doing. It's really hard to... To counteract it. To counteract it or to... It, what it ended up being, it was it just... We kind of were just standing across the tables shooting at each other the whole time. So that was a little bit disappointing because if the other guy had a warlord and you didn't, you were getting shot a lot. And so my... Three games that I played, I lost the first guy, first game eight to forty-two, because I was just getting shot up. And the way the rules were written as well, depending on how many models you destroyed or took off the table, it was very different for both sides. And then I won the second game thirty-one to four, so that was like all the way the other way. And then my third game was fifteen to sixteen. I lost. And by the way, I met a really cool guy. My third game, his name was Chris from Toronto. And I ended up seeing him like a dozen times the rest of the weekend. So we would stop and talk to each other. We had a drink one night, and so that was kind of cool too. Do you remember his last name? No, okay. I just got I just got um, first names. Fair enough. So I, overall, it was a great experience. Uh, just a little bit different in terms of the objectives and stuff. And the people made really really cool special rules. They actually had sandworm models. So if you were on certain tables and you roll the dice, and you got like a one, a sandworm comes up and starts chewing on your titan, and that was just hilarious when it started happening. Sweet! Everybody would like clap. Somebody would scream, sandworm! And then like 20 people would start clapping all at the same time. So that was really fun. So that was my first day's experience when I was there on Thursday. And this was the first time Titanicus has been at Adepticon, right? That is correct, yeah. And they had a kind of a continuation of that narrative event on Friday, but to my earlier point, I didn't have to play in that to be able to have the good experience. Mm -hmm. So now, yeah. I was so, I was rooming with my buddy Christian from California. Christian, you know him, Alex Christian Bear. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was playing Titanicus like for days. Like he was there like first thing in the morning. He's playing like most of the day, uh, and he was just coming back, just like this is the greatest. Like Dave, do you have Titanicus? I'm like, yeah, but I've been kind of afraid to build it because I want I don't want to mess up those models. He's like, oh my god, he get it together. You're going to love it. David, was he from, like, San Francisco area? I think so. Yeah, I think I might have played him my first game. Yeah, he beat him 42 to 8. Yeah, he beat me 42 to 8. <laughs> so when you talk to him, he has that guy that you beat the crap out of. Well, Christian, if, so, you, if you beat a guy He was a great Dan, guy. Yeah, no, Christian's a great guy. Yeah, he really is. Um, but uh, he was just singing. He's been, he was singing the praise of Titanicus all weekend. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, gotta, I've, I've really got to give that game a try. Yeah, there's a lot. I've not tried it myself. Like, I've looked at the miniatures and cried a little, but, <laughs> you know. I mean, the buy-in the buy-in is to get that, you know, the, the starter box and split it with someone. That's the way to do it. 
because then it's very mm-hmm. affordable and you have plenty of stuff to at least start with and learn the rules and stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> so it was all good. Great day. Cool. So the rest of us, we got put in the AOS room. Yeah. And were you guys happy to be back in that hall? Yeah, it was it was fine. Like I I really don't care where it was, just as long as like I got to hang out with my friends and the bay doors weren't gonna be open most of the weekend. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> here's the thing. This is my personal just my personal opinion. The the big room is awful. Like it's I mean it's just it's the hard concrete floor. Like the main convention center. Yes, the main the big hall. Um it's got that like Bright up, way up high, bright fluorescent prison lighting. Um, I mean, it's convention hall room, right? Like you have to adjust, and it, but everything is like those hard concrete floors and that bright light. And uh, you know, when they have to get things coming in and out, they open up that loading dock door, and they then they kind of freeze you to death if you're near it. Um, all that being said. The one big benefit it has is it is big and open and airy. So the air is always kind of fresh. And even if it's a little chilly, it's crisp and cool. It can get a little stale in the room we were in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not just talking about just like gamer stink. But just you put anybody in a room like that, it does not. It is, it is not as well ventilated as the other room. So if, if there was any negative... It's, you know, that if it starts to get warm in there and stuff like that, it gets stuffy real quick. But mm-hmm. the room is just better. Like I said, we've got carpeted floors. We've got, you know, people are like, oh, the lighting. But you guys had people around with lights to do paint judging. I actually kind of like the slightly lower ambient light from a, you know, you know. I mean, that's more of a banquet hall feel than a big convention hall feel. Um, it was it was nice. I, I personally like being in that room better. Um, okay. but that's just me. I, I I like it better than the giant room where they had all the forty k and all the others and the vendors in. Um, that just it's like I said, harsh lighting, cold, and those concrete floors. I can't stand on that for too long. I'd I'd have to wear double insole gel pack things in my feet and <laughs> stuff like that just to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was part of the reason I moved us back in there. Um, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, well, if we did the main convention center, we could do well over 200 people and it's like well we can do just over 200 um all said and done and we're going to be in a better room so i'm going to go with the better room yep but that's just me because last year was pretty awful just being in that area of freezing wearing our coats inside that was rough i was wearing my hoodie and my poncho so that'll tell you something i was so sick that sunday oh my god (laughs) Yeah, and that was really the big reason why I, like, as soon as we were planning for this year, it's like, no, no, you're putting me back in that ballroom. I don't care. You're putting me back in that ballroom. Um, so, in any event. And who um, knows, with all the demands for, for more tables for AOS, maybe we'll expand a little bit. Maybe they find another place for the board game night or for some of the smaller games. I'm not trying to kick the other games out. I just think that, you know, we deserve the whole room. But uh, that's that's what you're doing. Put your name on it. You know, it's uh this is hot takeitude. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, okay? Yeah. yeah, we were fortunate that a lot of the other events that were in the Schomburg ballroom uh did not sell as well as we were anticipating. So that's why the space kept being able to be expanded. So 
Well, then yeah, don't people... continue committing to more tables for some reason. <laughs> oh, my God. The man is a machine. Let's just uh, throw that out there. He made the extra deepkin tables, including the ones we put on the stream. And then you guys, Brendan and Heath, you guys put together eight tables for us as well. Yeah, we did. Which were amazing looking in person, gotta say. Oh, okay. So they look like garbage on Twitter. Got it. <laughs> no, no. Oh, those were yours. Looked... Yeah, the ones with the the yellow crystals and the and the Buddhas and the. Oh yeah, those were that. real nice in person. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, everything looks better in person, especially with terrain. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, well. well, and part of it is when you're building it, you're showing pictures in progress on Twitter. I don't know what it's going to look like on the table. Like, you don't have all the scale, all that set up. So when I say it looked like crap on Twitter, don't take it the wrong way. It just looks so much better on the table. Well, let me do my shameless plug here. Um, if you happen to really like those tables, our charity table this year for Bruce City Brawl is going to be uh, – in that style, but it's going to be all of the things that were not repeatably manufacturable. Um, so, you know, upping the ante, making waterfalls out of some stuff, and making some really big pieces of terrain. Um, can you define a charity table? Yeah, so what this is, is um, so Bruce City Brawl is a 2,000-point is a AOS tournament, uh, and part of what we do there is we raise money for Prevent Suicide Greater Milwaukee, um, because Bryce lost a, a very dear friend of his um, a couple years ago, and uh, this just felt like the right opportunity to uh, to do fundraising for a good cause. And so you will be able to buy raffle tickets over the course of the weekend, and at the end of the weekend, prior to awards, we will raffle off the charity table. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, so with it, you will get a, a mat, you know, a 6 by 4 mat, and last year we made enough terrain to cover two tables uh, pretty completely. Yeah, and then Domus ended up winning it. And yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Well, and, and uh, all of the pieces are you know are custom made. You know, we we put the extra the extra work into it. It's it's a table that you know you will want to have as your table that sits out uh, for people to walk by and go like, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a. Gorgeous table. Cool. I was just teasing about saying it sucked on Twitter. I was just playing. That's okay. Yeah, so... Because it did, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> in any event, so you guys made a bunch. Uh, Adam Trunzo had also made um, a very, very awesome Realm of Beast table with an actual goat skull mm. built into it. <laughs> that was so a real that was goat skull? One. Yeah. Yeah, he, he killed a goat. He didn't kill the goat. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that was a real goat <laughs> skull. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, if, if I would have known it, that, I would have gone right. over and, I don't know, licked it or something just to see what was going on. <laughs> that's a strange reaction to have. Well, <laughs> yeah, to a goat skull. Yeah. Uh, Other you know. things, sure. Oh, like, uh, any event. So, Dave, Brandon, <laughs> now you guys played in the one case. Yeah, I did. Yep. I did not. Oh, that's right. You did not. No, I was playing Underworlds. Oh, that's right. You were in the Underworlds event. So, Brendan, what did you think of the format? The five games, one tournament instead of the two tournaments, three games each. So, I really liked that. I thought it was. I thought it was really fun. I felt like we got to a like an actual conclusion of sorts, as opposed to like 
you played your three games, you're like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is a nice appetizer. Um, but and the and the results were just whatever the results were. I, I felt like we got to a, a truer result. Um, my major complaint from that event is an hour twenty was not enough time. Uh, I also, as a fellow tournament organizer, understand the time restrictions uh, involved in not keeping people there until you know ten p.m. Forever, mm-hmm. forever o'clock, as it were. But that's a uh, that's a huge deal, though. Like, if if you're telling me I'm going to be playing till eight or nine o'clock, I'm out. Right. Like, and that's nothing personal. Like, I mean, and it's, I'm not saying when I say you, I don't mean like you personally, Alex. I say anything. I go to when I go to Gen Con, when I go to Adepticon. If I'm not done around dinner time, so that I could, you know, a evenings at Adepticon, that's for Dave. I'm going hanging out with my friends. I want to go out and get a meal. I want to have a few cocktails. I want to relax. I don't want to play from 9 in the morning until 10 at night or 9 at night. That's too much for me. I'm old. <laughs> That's just me personally. Hell, I may, I I was so happy to be helping helping Alex in, in what little minuscule way I could with the GT because five games over two days is still getting – you know, this game's getting in the way of my enjoying this hobby, you know. <laughs> it's like – but uh, yeah, five. It's just that's a lot. That's a lot of gaming. And I, if I'm going to play late like that, like even with the three games uh, thing, if, if that goes till like six ish, that's about you're pushing the the limits of where I'm going to. And I yeah, know I'm not I, alone in that because not everybody is a hardcore gamer like Brandon who's just going to play twenty four seven. Yeah, well, we can we can talk about that as we get through the weekend here. <laughs> so I so I made a. Uh, I've been trying to make conscious efforts to change my attitude and mindset at the behest of my leadership coach at work. And because I don't have anybody that reports directly to me, she encourages me to apply it to my uh, Warhammer life, as it were. And so one of the things that I acknowledged was that in this last year of gaming, as I nearly lost four games in the course of a year at tournaments... Um, my opponents were not having a lot of fun and, you know, winning fixes all those problems, right? What, hold up. Um, hold up. Yeah. How many tournaments have you gone to in the past year? Oh, so it Roughly. was, uh, 10, 12. Oh, yeah, 12. Uh, GTs. Oh, GTs. Uh, probably, we'll probably put it at eight from Adepticon and then stopping prior to Adepticon. So eight, um, five games, that's 40 games, and then you about, what, four more little one-dayers, is that what you're saying? Oh, way, way more one-dayers. Oh. Like, yeah, there was a lot of one-dayers last year. 10, 15. So what do we think in total games played in a tournament setting, roughly? Um, I don't think 70 would be unreasonable. And did you say you lost four? Uh... Yes. <laughs> I lost. Good golly, Miss Molly. Seriously, what the hell? Who where do you find these people, Alex? I can barely I can barely remember the rules. God damn, I don't deserve to have a show. <laughs> White tech. It's so funny. Oh, to be fair, good. he's from Milwaukee. Um and Milwaukee for whatever reason. No, no, no. Hang on. Hang I'm just on. not certain where um, this is going. I'm like, am I supposed no, to say no, I'm no, sorry? No, no. There's on, nothing to do so... here except play Warhammer. <laughs> I was, I wasn't gonna go there. I'm glad you did. What I was gonna say was that uh, when the end times happened, Milwaukee kind of fell off the radar. 
And then since then, Milwaukee has been kind of roaring back um, <sighs> through guys like Brendan, through guys like Dave Nordstrom, um, yes. the Ram Chicks. So, like, Milwaukee's back. And then Brendan just happens to be one of the best players in the area. Well, so. this is interesting. No wonder we really never met too much before, even if we're <laughs> the same place. Uh, you know, you're over there at one end of the room, and I'm at the far other end of the room in the kiddie pool. Yeah. And having played Brendan this last year and having lost to Brendan this last year, um, at least twice. Um, let's see here. Because so, I played against your Nagash with my mini Vanguard wing. Oh, yeah, at Grognard. And then we played again at Meltdown with your with your Grotz. Yep. Yes, with my incredibly disappointing FAQ'd Grotz. Yep. That um, would have loved to play Nagash any other day of the week, but not that day. Um, any any but, given Sunday. Yeah, except it didn't happen, and that's okay. Um, Brandon is a delight. He really is. But you're going to get your teeth kicked, and you just have to Alex, we are talking about Brandon Melnick here, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. I only <laughs> okay. know one Brandon. I know a lot of Brandons, but I only yeah. know one Brandon. Okay. Yeah, so, I, mine has the traditional Irish spelling to it, so... Yes. Um, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. OIs in it and stuff like that. Or, uh, no. no, it's not spelled in Gaelic. It's, oh, okay. it's the traditional Irish. Spelling. Oh, sorry. I'm just, um, my racism, yeah. I can my, attest, my ugly American is showing. I apologize. I can attest to the fact that he breaks spirits all the time because at uh, Meltdown last year, I won my first game against uh, our friend Nick, our mutual friend Nick, and I was. I ended up on table three, yeah. I think it was, in the second round. And I'm like, wow, I've never been here. Like, I need an, I need an oxygen tank. And guess who shows up across the table from me? Uh-oh. Freaking Melnick. And it wasn't pretty and it wasn't fun, but it was okay. Um, and then I ended up on, like, table 40. After I, I sent you back to the appropriate table number. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, so let's oh bring this God. around back to you. you had your – yeah, so your work so my psychologist coach, or something. With yeah, so my coach, so it. my leadership coach is encouraging me to uh, to apply some of these things that I'm learning uh, in these classes to my hobby stuff. And I said, okay, well, you know, I've got this, you know, this trophy case full of just stuff. I've proven that I'm a good player. Um, how would I work on the other part of the game, which is interacting with folks at the table, playing things that. Uh, playing things and playing in a way that my opponents are going to find more enjoyable. And that doesn't mean throwing the game. That doesn't mean just playing just terrible lists and you're <laughs> like, this is so much fun. Um, so I took uh, Deepkin on Thursday and I played zero games with it. So I was learning at the table with my opponents and I had a good time. I went two and three, which was... Uh, as we'll remember here, three quarters of the losses that I would have had in the previous year <laughs> in a day. Um, wow. So I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. The, so I I went with the intention of working on uh, the different part of the game for me the the interacting mm -hmm. part, the having fun part, the making sure my opponent had a really good time. Um, just in that whole in that whole process. So that shows up on Thursday. It'll show up again on Saturday. And I think 
going with that intent, I had um, I think I was successful in that regards. I got full sports score in the championship until I was uh, until I was needed for Warhammer TV to to serve at the table and brag. No, 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 no. no. no we'll come to that one. Um, but in any event, so we had what about ninety players on Friday? That sounds right. For the one case, it sounds about right. Um, and it ended up being won by Fleshy de Quartz yep. uh, with a Gristlegore list. Emma Mangles came in and took it out. Yeah, that was a that was a new face for me. Yeah, no, she's new. Um, I guess she's been to a couple events um, on the northeast. Because um, okay. Martin Orlando had mentioned her, um, that he knew her from that. So, See, when I um, first read the name, I thought it said Mangles, and I was just like, oh, Tyler's yeah, I was like, yeah. Tyler has people playing here with him? That's so nice that somebody likes Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you not like Tyler? He's one of the nicest guys in Warhammer. Yeah, he's but, a sweetheart. Um, no, Emma got in off the wait list um, mm. playing, so... And that's the other thing. Like anyone that was on the waitlist for Adepticon got to play this year, if they were there. Right. So, and we had these massive waitlists, but everyone that showed up that wanted to play got to play. That's cool. Yeah, and we had more than enough room. Um, we got those fancy new spacers this year. They were nice. I don't know if you guys noticed those. Oh uh, yeah, I, they were really sharp. I asked if I could keep one, and you said no. Yeah, no. You're not the only one who was thinking that either. I was surprised they there didn't was get a stolen. lot. Yeah, there was a lot of people that are asking, like, "Well, where are you guys selling those?" We're not. Well, well can that's, I buy that's one? the thing. No, they asked to buy them. I just said, "Can I take it home?" Mm. No. <laughs> no, it's not how it works. That's, yeah, that's you got to okay. work. You got to work up in negotiating. I asked to take it home. They say, "No, we're selling." And I say, "Okay, what are you selling it for?" See, they opened with. I'd like to buy it, which is too far down the road in that negotiation scheme. Rookie mistake. Okay. Brendan's got this sorted out. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, so uh, we had a big turnout for that, and everyone seemed to really enjoy the uh, process. And, yeah, I think it went okay. We were a little behind on the schedule. Um, And that's going to be a consistent theme throughout the weekend just because there was so many people. Yeah. And I am not the data entry guy, and I had to be this year with Carrie uh, dealing with the baby. So that was definitely probably the biggest shortcoming for me this year was the timing and the schedule because we couldn't stick to it because there's just too many people, and I'm not that quick. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it was a. I definitely agree that that was a. Unfortunately, a common thing for uh, for the weekends. Um, it wasn't too bad, to be honest, though. Well, so it that's so that's that's a that's a subjectivity scale, right? So I yeah. know I understand Alex's mindset because him and I are both control freaks and we're both perfectionists. So being any bit off schedule is unacceptable. And the and the I think in doubles and teams we were off schedule. Uh, sorry, doubles and two and the two K. We were off schedule by a half hour, which I know to Alex is you know it's basically death. 
Um, yeah, it's unconscionable. No, I get it. I can uh, see how badly he was stressing and freaking out over. I was sitting right there next to him. I felt really bad, dude. I live my entire life by the bell, so like mm-hmm. I know how you know I know how important having a good schedule is. But I mean, what could you do, especially with the second day of the GT? Um, because of the 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 problem that was not you, Alex, but that um, you know the app and our packet showed one time, and the website showed a slightly different time, which sort of forced your hand to uh, wait, give give a little more time for people. Yeah, but. it's just I I expect people to have a good experience at the time. I expect everything to run as butter smooth as we can, and for. A half hour late, three out of the four days. That's that's unconscionable to me. But you do what you can, right? And everything will be fine. Honestly, if that's the worst thing that happened all weekend, that's that's anybody who's complaining about that. That's first world problems, and that's not just me standing up for Alex. Honestly. I'm there for five days. Oh, my game's a half hour late. Okay, well, I'm going to go outside and, and uh, hang out with my friends for a little bit, and I'll be back in once I get a cup of coffee. I'm just. Hey, Al. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Hey, Alex, I had a question for you. I know at Teams last year, which is my first year at Teams, you know, we had a few incidents, and they were pretty significant, um, oh, and everybody boy. knew about them and such. But I didn't hear anything, even though I was only playing all day Friday. Was there any major incidents this time on any of the four days at all? I think the only thing that we really had is like, as far as like a blow up at the event, um, one guy in the Vanguard uh, brought unpainted models. That okay. was on the table next to me, actually. I would love to tell the story if, yeah, please. Uh, if we have the time. Please, yeah, please. So I was getting my butt kicked. I'm at uh, one and three. I'm on table 34. Like, so, so to so to put that so to put that in perspective, <laughs> my opponents and I are 67th and 68th in the rankings currently, with no sportsmanship and no painting applied. Uh, table 35 arrives next to me. The one of the players arrives on time. The other his opponent arrives a little bit late, and his opponent rolls up, and you know they're they're talking. They're like, hey, uh, you know, minute or two, nothing too crazy. And they start pulling their armies out of their boxes and setting up. And so the, the player that was there on time looks over to uh, the, his opponent, and his models are unpainted. You know, not, not primed, not two colors, not barely three, gray plastic. I just picture what's going through Brendan's head. God damn it. I lost three games. I'm in the not even bothered to paint it section. <laughs> I want to get my hammer. <laughs> well, so, so this was this was really strange for me, and and so they they start arguing, and my my opponents and I are doing our best to you know to just kind of stay in our game. You know, we it's an hour and twenty, like it goes quick, and so they're arguing back and forth, and you know, oh, is this a requirement? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so the so the one turns to me, you know, because I apparently exude rules knowledge, despite me not wearing a judge's shirt that day, and he goes. That's what yeah, I thought the first the, time what, I saw you, by the way. Rules yeah. knowledge. Just want oh, to let you know. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like wild man of the mountain. <laughs> um, and he says, you know, what's the what's the paint requirement on this? I said, well, it's it's three colors. Um, but if you're really pushing it, you know, they'll they'll rule against you. You know, you can't just spray it black and then just like dot dot yellow black or yellow uh, yellow whatever. Um, and you know, so they're looking through the pack and they agree. 
And then they argue for another 10 minutes on, on what to do. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, the one guy says like, I don't even know how your opponents let you get this far. And, you know, they're, well, again, you're, so, so you have to also remember that you are six hours into playing Warhammer. You have paid at least $50, you know, your badge and then the sign up for the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you haven't lost at least three games, maybe four. Okay. Like what, like, what are you doing? So, so let me, I'll, I'll wrap up here real quick. No, no, go ahead. Um, so, uh, so they argue, I, I turn over to my opponent, I say, time out, I gotta, I gotta help. Uh, so I turn to the both of them, and I say, look, you guys have two options here. Uh, you two can resolve whatever it is that is going on here at the table as players, that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, the other option is, it's a rule in the pack, it is your right to call a judge and have a judge make a ruling. And the one guy says, I'm getting a judge. And he just walks away from the table. And I looked at my opponent and I said, that is not at all what I thought was going to happen here. <laughs> um, so he pulls Alex over. And Alex, I believe you ruled that those models were unpainted. And you know, you, yeah. Yeah, you awarded the forfeit, basically, uh, to, the, to the other guy. He took it. And again, you're $50 in, six hours into Warhammer. You've lost at least three games. Maybe four. Wouldn't you want your wins to be dice-based? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also told them That's to play right. their game out because they bought and paid for five games. Mm-hmm. So they should at least get to play a game. Right. Um, but, I mean, regardless, the uh, gentleman with unpainted stuff, he was going to get knocked out anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When people put their stuff away and don't leave it on display boards, we don't get to see it. Right. So that's why he got that far without us catching him, because we didn't get to judge him until right before that game, because his stuff kept going back in the box, and we couldn't judge him. Mm. Well, so and nobody else called him out till then either. I mean, yeah, that's no another thing, like said you said anything. earlier. I so mean, <laughs> let, me, let me ask this, and, I'm, I'm, and I know this is the hard question to ask that no T.O. wants to hear, but we got two T.O.'s on the line, so I don't even have to put Alex too much on the spot. You got a three, I mean, Adepticon in general. Like, that's not even in just the rules packs. That's the Adepticon rules. Three-color minimum. What do you do when a guy pays for a tournament and rocks up with, I mean, and like you said, it wasn't even like that one year at Adepticon we saw the guy that had all the dwarves that were just sprayed gold, and then he just dotted the eyes, you know, and that was like his three colors with, you know, oh, they're, they're, they've turned to gold. Um like this is bare plastic models. What do you do? Like what? I mean, I mean, Alex. I guess you ruled against him. I yeah. Mean, so if, I mean, he was going to take the L regardless, and I did talk to him after this uh, wound out, and it's like, are you playing in any of other events uh, for us this weekend? Like, can I help you source models this way you can play? Because that's what I'm more concerned about. Is I want these guys that have paid money to play in our events. And if I have to beg, borrow, and steal to get people to play, I will happily do so. Um, but he said that he wasn't wow. playing in any of our other events, so it wasn't going to be a further issue. Yeah, that's um, the that's I, the kinder answer to that because mine is just it's in the pack. These are the rules. Sorry. No, and I told him it's like if you had been caught earlier, we would have DQ'd you. Um, and you you took the L on game five, and you know I'm sorry that. This is thing, but this is like the model policy for Adepticon, even for games that don't require painting in other environments. 
I, um, such as like Underworlds or something. Um, they do just open to get Adepticon. Yeah, yeah. Just just the tables upstairs. It's got to be painted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is what it Adepticon is. Or something, or do we I know? Think so. It actually was. But, okay. Well, yeah, and you don't. But see, it was, it's also yeah. still. Like, you should look at the model policy because it does say in there. You should look at our rules text because it does say in there. And, you know, he was totally cool about it. He totally acknowledged, hey, this is my fault. Um, I was just coming in to play because I wanted to play games. And I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. So, I mean. Well, and, and obviously it wasn't because his other four opponents just said, yeah, cool, man, whatever. Like, you're, like you're here to play games and, you know, you're good with it, right? Mm-hmm. Because he played uh, he played Carson round one, and I asked Carson, I said, How did, like what like what happened? He's like, look, like the guy clearly is not playing to win. You know, he's he's just here to throw dice. He goes, and I'm not gonna. He's like, and I'm not gonna end his weekend at eight o'clock in the morning. See, and there's the thing, and this is this is the part that to me, and I don't run a bunch of events, so I don't ever have to deal with this. But I remember. Um, our friend Aaron Schmidt, he came to Blood in the Sun one year, and he had told Grant, he's like, look, I'm working on this army. I've been He's a slow painter. He does a lot of conversions. His stuff looks brilliant Beautiful. when it's done, but this was, this was undone, and he's like, can I still bring it? And he's like, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I goes, I'm, I'm not going to win a, a darn game with it. I just kind of want to come and play. And as a TO, it's like, where do you balance that? Because here's a guy who says, I know I can't, I don't even meet the painting requirement, so I, I, I'm disqualified from any awards. He goes, I'm going to be playing on the bottom tables. You want this guy to, you want people to be at your tournament. You want people to come and play, but at the same token, now I don't travel more than about two, three hours. I think the longest I've ever traveled for a tournament was like four and a half hours. Like, I just don't travel, right? Um, but if you came halfway across the country and was dropping, uh, and you're dropping, you know, hundreds of dollars on plane tickets and another, you know, five nights at, at the at the place, you know, you're dropping another six, seven hundred bucks there. It's uh, an expense. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, and, and the dude up across from you is coming with bare plastic. And... I, I know people who would literally just be like, oh, I'm done. I'm done with it. Like, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't entertain the idea. It's like, I spent all this money to come. And that's like that weird sort of thing. It's like, well, you came to play games. Right. You know, so do you, do you are you going to not play a game because it's not painted? But by the same token, if I want to play against bare plastic, I'll, I'll hang out here in the crypt, you know, <laughs> like with all this stuff I haven't finished yet. So it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a, it's kind of a hard situation for everybody involved. Like you kind of look at the person with the bare plastic and you're like, what are you doing? But then you look at the TO and you're like, you got to do something and they don't want, I, it's just, I do not envy you guys having to deal with that stuff. And like I said, Brendan, you just said, you're like, Hey, I just tell them, look, Hey, that's the rules. You got to take it off. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, my, my whole job is delivering bad news all the time. You know, what's, <laughs> what's it any different in my personal life? <laughs> Any event. Well, all right. So, um, we had, I say, about ninety people for that. Um, and then, do we want to take a quick break and then come back into Friday? Because Friday was a bigger day. Oh, I was uh, going to suggest the yeah, same we're thing. Talk we, about Underworlds. We've been going for about. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we, Dave, we, we, we matter too. How did I do? Out of a field of ninety-four, 
a guy who Finished really ninety fifth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so, Alex. Did you? I think we. I think we lost them. Alex. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, thanks a lot, White Tech. You know I'm still here. Well, I you can get can, rid of him. It's so, my house. Punch him in the head. So, okay. No, Underworlds had uh, 94 people playing. It was four rounds, best out of three. Mm-hmm. Um, I never went to a third game. I went. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to. Uh, uh, then I. Uh, so I. I won. Two of the rounds, two games of nothing. I lost two of the rounds, two games of nothing. I came in 39th out of 94. That's pretty respectable. And considering I I barely played after Nightfall came out, like I really – all the new cards came. I wasn't – like I didn't have the time to kind of go through everything and figure out what everything was. Um, I literally brought the Gloom Spite Gits because that that is the only crew that I've painted. And I was just like, oh, I want to paint these. And I paint them. I'm like, oh, Adepticon's coming. It looks like I have to take them. Um, I had never won a game with them until literally the night before. Uh, my friend Brandon um, was there with his dad and with his friend Joe. And they were all playing Underworlds. He's like, look, let me help you fix your deck because your deck is dumb. And he helped me put a better deck together. And I won a game that night. And then I turned around and I was doing really well. And, in fact, it's really got me hyped. For playing more Underworlds, I've really, I'm really enjoying that game. So, but yeah, I came in 39th. Um, nice, in- interesting note. Uh, my friend Brandon, who played, came in 26th, and then two more of the local players here. Uh, Tom Holland, who was uh, the guy who always, when we had uh, Friday night uh, Warhammer at UGG, he was there with his son. He like when when the when the younger kids came, his son was there, and he would always. You know, oversee them playing. He came in twenty third, and Kyle Dalton from the local scene came in seventh, and I think he took best painted too. So that was pretty cool. A lot of a lot of guys I knew doing pretty well there. But hey, I'll take a thirty nine out of ninety four. Yeah, know? no, I, absolutely, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'll, hey, I got some cards. Like they gave away some stuff, and I was like on the second tier of little prizes. So. I got some. I'm actually glad I didn't come in in the top two because those two guys got pulled off for another side match, and I don't know. I was walking through the hall, and it was like it seemed hours later, and those two cats were still going at it. Bunch of people standing around. I'm like, not worth it. <laughs> like, I'll take the L. We played until what? I think like six o'clock, and we come. Ba- we went to eat, come back. These guys are still playing. I'm like, no. Yeah, so, so the best place. So what you're telling me is the best place in an underworld tournament to be is third. Yeah, I think so. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, um, hey, more power to you. If if you know, if I was that into underworlds and I was that good that I came in first or second, but it was like high pressure, man. Just one table, two guys. There was like 20 people standing around watching them play this. I'm just like, no, no, not worth it. Um. I'll take my I'll take my uh, Cataphrane cards and uh, happily move along to the next thing. But no, Underworlds was fun. Now, um, if I had a critique, um, nobody put in the rules pack or anywhere that they were running Best Coast pairings, which mm. I got I got nothing against Best Coast pairings. I'm very neutral to Best Coast pairings. Actually, that's not true. I don't like the the wins give you all those extra points, but we're not here for that. The point is nobody knew about it. We actually started well over an hour late um, because nobody – so they had to help people sign up and get the app and sign into Best Coast Pairings. Like there was a whole bunch of people coming to play Underworlds who are not tournament goers, 
and it was a very late start. Um, and that if, you, if it was in the pack, hey, it's Best Coast Pairings, be sure to get you, make sure you have an account and you sign in as soon as you get here. Because we walked in at 10 to sign in. We thought the games were starting near 10. Actually, I think it said 10. It was either 10 or 11 was the the start time. And we got there a half hour early to sign in, and he's like, nobody was ready. And they're like, oh, you just sign in to Best Coast Pairings. And then suddenly there was this long line of people like, I don't even know what that is. Hmm. So I don't think we started till noon. So if I had – Doodles. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, like I said, and, and nothing against – nothing against that. It just – I would have had that in the pack because I think a lot of people would have been ready for it a lot quicker. Uh, it ran smooth. It ran smooth as silk once it got going. Um, and like I said, I had a great time. Um, there was a lot of Molugs. They're good. Molugs good. Yeah. Also, it's a cool model. It is a cool yeah. model. It's a little, if you don't know what to do with it or if you're not ready for it, it's not a ton of fun necessarily to play against. Um, and there was a lot of them there. I know a few people who are like, God, I faced three out of four Molags. They're like, I hate this game. Oh, and I was just like, yeah, I'm sorry. <coughs> I know Rotor faced wow. him twice, I think. Rotor played. He faced him twice. Oh, my God. And uh, Twice? Yeah. Like I said, I only faced it once. And uh, I actually killed Molag on one of the two. So I lost both games. But I, I lost the one. I only lost the one by, like, one glory. So I'm like, okay, that's good. Hey, I'm good with that. But no, Underworlds, like I said, super fun game. Uh, I am that's my big hobby push right now is I'm I'm going back and looking at these other crews. I'm like, I need to build this. I want to paint up the Molag crew and give it a try. Uh, I definitely want to paint up some of my other crews and start playing a little more often because it is a heck of a lot of fun. So I play more. My big gripe was that I just can't get all the cards in like a reasonable way. Um, no, you gotta buy all the kits. Yeah, I, I'll pay 70 bucks at the end of whatever, at the end of Shadespire, at the end of Nightfall. I'll pay $70 to buy all the cards. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, how, how much are one of the kits? They're like 30 bucks, right? Yeah. So it's 30 bucks for the two little mini sprues, basically, because they're not very big. And then the cards. I'm wondering how yeah. much it would be just for the cards. Honestly, I look at them like 30 bucks. Honestly, with the money I spend on this hobby... Like thirty bucks, I'll buy each crew. I'll just buy them, and I'll have the models. Uh, you know, for two two reasons: a, I may want to try it sometime. Like I might play against it and think, "Oh, that's really cool. I'd like to try it." And b, I like to have it here so when I'm introducing other people to it, they have all the options open to them. That's just me. I realize there's a lot, and I'm not saying I wouldn't appreciate it if they had all the cards in one place. Just buy the cards as well. I think we can get more people playing it if they did that. I'm yeah, because just... you can because you can buy the models just without the cards at a reduced price. Can you? Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the season, what they do is they release all of the models without the cards, and you can just and buy it's easy the to build can... kits. Yep. But yep. they don't release the cards without the models. Nope. So yeah, they need to do that. And honestly, yeah. like I said, I don't disagree with you one bit. Like I said, I, yes, I just buy them all because I like the game. But I, I could name right now a half a dozen people that I know when I see at tournaments that I hang out with who would probably jump all in if they could get away with buying the starter kit and the one crew they liked and just get all the cards. Yeah, but it, I I like the orc band. Like I just think they're cool. I they just are think they cool. look cool. I think they cool I think they do cool stuff. Like I have no interest in owning all of these other 
all these other teams, you know, just for just for the cards. Well, they passed out a survey at the end, and I literally everyone I talked to wrote the same thing because they had like little check boxes and then little things to write in, and it's like, you know, if you could do one thing, everyone's like, just sell the cards. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, yeah, like you said, wait till the end of the season. Wait until everybody's had the opportunity to buy all the stuff that you yeah. want, and then put the cards out. And yeah, it's not reward the people that want to be super competitive and buy all the stuff on the front end, and and do it that way. Cool. Yeah. But Let plus, them... I know there are people out there who tend to overbuy in this hobby. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, excuse <laughs> me. Um, I know people. I might even be sitting on the couch with one of those people who might actually go out and buy the whole set of cards, even though they bought all the crews, just have extra cards in case you're playing with someone who needs a card or wants, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's a two player game. And if you're out pushing the hobby, it's nice to have the, that second set there. Since you can only have the one card of any kind in your deck, you only need the one, but yeah, you might sell way more than two. Like, cause, cause I know there are just going to be some people that are just like, I just like having this deck. I don't like having to screw around with it. This is my Skaven deck. This is my Orc deck. This is yeah. my Fire Slayers deck. I got pre-made and decks, and I don't it. want to tear them apart so I can move cards into other decks. I'll just go out and buy another set. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Like, I never thought about that. But, yeah, I could see I could see myself doing that just because that's the one of the worst things. Now that I've got this deck, I don't want to take it apart. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But like I said, Underworlds, it, it did start late, um, but th- that seems to be the theme of the weekend. Um, and uh, and it was run, it was run fine. I just if you're gonna if you're gonna run the scores through an app, advertise that early so that people can get the app and know what they're doing. I mean, I'm certain some of the people still wouldn't have had it because there's people who don't read the rules packs. Heck, we just talked about someone who didn't know he had a paint requirement. Um, yeah, whoopsies. I mean, but the point is, if even half of those people were ready when they got there, we, it would have been much closer to on time. So, but it was fun. I had a great time, and uh, all my opponents. And I didn't write down all my opponents' names. I didn't. I everybody I played against was somebody I just met there. Um, but they were all really cool, and we. It was um, a, a good time was had by all. Good. So. And on that, I think we definitely need to take a break. So let's take one. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, Friday. Friday, team tournament. All right, we'll be back. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We are back. We are back with more. We're actually going to talk about Adepticon this time and not start off with all the nonsense. Um, so we've actually only covered, like, what, a day, two days? Uh, yes, one, one, one fourth of the, uh, <laughs> of the event has been this covered. This is not going for- to be a four-hour show. We are going to pick up the pace a little bit. Let's talk about that there team tournament. Yeah, yeah. awesomeness. I had so much fun. I only got to Good. play two of the three games because I had other commitments. Um, being the materialistic weasel that I am. But uh, <laughs> I got to play with Greg Dan, uh, my co-host on After Olinor. Shameless plug. <sighs> and uh, I don't get to see him that often, being he's from England. So it was nice. We haven't played it together for like two, three years when he was here before we played in the team tournament. So uh, we did, we had a blast. Uh, I had to I had to do both of our armies because he was coming to play 30K. So he had his 30K army. Um, and the only way and I Dave, could... <laughs> you're a notoriously slow painter. How did you manage that? <laughs> jerk store. Um, I have, I have plenty of... St- I, okay, I probably could have done two 1,000-point Stormcast armies, and have one of us been a Stormcast and one of us been Order. Hey, Alex, with the rules for that, if one of us was playing, like, uh, um, Hammers of Sigmar, and one of us was playing... Not hammers of Sigmar. Would that have counted? No, because no? we would still be yeah, Stormcast right. Eternal. Okay. As yes. the as the hard driver at the list check. No. Okay. So then, uh, yeah. So it was either we took two two Stormcast armies, but one of them just being an order army, or I took my death army. Now the whole problem is, um, I, I kind of stopped painting all them skeletons because it was killing me. So yeah. I have uh, I have Nagash. And I had, and I had, and I had, <laughs> and I had some dogs. I did now. To be fair, I didn't trick him out. I didn't give him any any endless spells or any of that extra stuff. I just let him be straight, plain vanilla Nagash. So it, <laughs> is is there such a thing? Seriously, you don't like you don't have the points at, at one game to, <laughs> to give him to give him all the sweet gear. Like it just like it just doesn't happen. You get eighty points. And Portal is 60, so that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I took that in two units of five dogs, and I think that came to – how much was the dogs? Nine, that's 920 for Nagash, two dogs. But that was so you it. Got 80, yeah, oh, so you just you just chilled at 80 points down. We chilled at 80 points down. Once again, I'm not power game. Or did you have, I thought you had a unit of 10 skills, too. No. That was originally in the list, and I took it out because, um, nope, didn't want it. Fair enough. 
I figured maybe we get that triumph because you know. And then right. I got a command point because you never know if someone wipes out the dogs, you might want to summon them back. So that was there. And then for the stormcast, I I had uh, I had um, two units of libs, five each. I had uh, Celestint on foot, uh, Encanter, um, the Relictor, and the Lodordinator, and then uh, two Ballistas. And I think that's it. Oh, and I had the Comet. So then the Encanter threw the Comet, and then Nagash said, I'm going to take that off the table and hand it back to you, little Encanter, so that she could keep throwing it every turn. Smart. That's a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, we we won one, we lost one. So, turns out that when you only have uh, something like thirty six models in your whole two armies combined, that uh, if you fight a guy who's got necromancers and two units of forty skeletons, that'll bog down Nagash enough to let his partner with the uh, Frost Lord on Thunder t- uh, Stonehorn, the Huskarl on Thunder Tusk, uh, and the uh, and the hunter to just run straight across the board and run up your side and punch the heck out of everything else on the board. And then you lose. That sounds about right. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then you play against Grotz, and they're like, oh, hey, look, that's Nagash. Get him. And, and then, then you you just clear off the whole table with pretty much Nagash. So that <laughs> that's my whole story, one and one. I got tabled, and then we did the tabling. Neither of them neither of them were particularly pretty. Well, it's not about being pretty, it's about getting the job done. Yeah. See, I knew I knew I knew I knew Brendan would um would appreciate that I brought Nagash to a thousand point list. That's that's what I brought last year when so this year command uh command abilities didn't affect uh your teammate. Well, last year Nagash's could so I brought Nagash, two units of ten zombies, and a banshee, and my teammate brought everything else. Oh, um, black yeah, it was gross. Oh. It was super, super gross. On that subject, Dave, I was a little personally offended that you didn't answer my mailbag question. When on earth are you going to get that death army on the table? Um, yeah, about that. Oh, about that. <laughs> Okay, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Honestly, I'm I'm I'm, consi- I'm considering. I've got like four boxes of skeletons on the shelf, not built because I knew I needed them, and I'm thinking about just building them and maybe putting and basing them straight away. And and it's repainting the eighty skeletons that I had originally painted and trying to just kind of repaint them and not. I I was just trying to get away with recoloring the outfit. Just gotta leave, man. It's, it's not it, worth it. It 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 has been soul crushing. It has made me not want to do this anymore. Like I've just been painting Stormcast and Ultramarines, and that, um, and I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen because it's it, it's. I went through that. I made all this. I'm 120 ghouls, 200 and and 80 uh, zombies, 100 and some mm. skeletons, and then I went back to it and started doing it again. And I'm just like, I kind of hate this. So I don't know. That's the honest answer to your question is I, I don't know. Uh, and considering the response I got every time I put pulled the gash out of his out of the battle foam, I, I may just I may just shelve that and just do night haunt or something. Or or do no, that no, embrace it. Embrace it, Dave. 
It's important. It's a moral to, imperative. To, take, to break a man in a dice game is unlike any experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> to see his will to live evaporate <laughs> as the dice just keep hitting and his stuff keeps doing nothing and your models never leave the table. <laughs> uh, I swear, everybody, Brendan is a really nice guy. <laughs> so, okay. Then can I bring up my other problem with, with that I've had with the army is I've always loved the massive horde armies like the for the dead. I mean, my old 8th edition undead army had three units of 30 skeletons, and you could look at the end of the game. If they were very low or gone, I probably lost. If there were three units of 60 skeletons because I just kept growing them, I probably won the game. I loved playing like that. I loved the idea of just these kind of crummy things, massive hordes running into you, running into you, running into you. Um, it's amazing. And now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute, I can't really summon anything on this list, I don't think. Although, anything that I have that is summonable, if it dies, I can just bring it back. Like, twice now, in one-day events, I've played against people who just brought two big units of 40 skeletons and a bunch of stuff. Yep. And I just sit there, and I spend the whole, day grind- the whole game grinding through it, and the very next turn, he just brings it back, unless I've managed to hold all the grave sites and keep him yep. from doing it. And that's just not fun. Like it's not fun being on the receiving end of that. I could see it being great fun on the on the giving end, but I just I I, I don't I don't know that I want to bring that to the table. I'm I'm, I'm having a real crisis here with, a, I, and I know this isn't therapy t- therapy time, but my death army, like that I've I've been I mean I was dwarfs. Dave, Dave I've got some list ideas that that are not horde armies that are fun. Yeah, we can we can talk offline. Well, I, let's I've chat got... because I absolutely love my death list, but I, I, my death army. But everything I look at winds up being something I look at and go, "This would not be fun for any human being to play against." No, if, if you want to run the gash, there are other lists. They're not as good, but uh, I guarantee that they're fun. Well, I don't even have to run him. I just I painted him. I'm damn well going to take him. Yeah, exactly. You painted yeah. him. That's I'm assuming that's just part of the list. Yeah, cool. All we'll, right, so we'll, we'll talk offline. We'll we'll figure it out. All right, so now that we totally sidetracked, right after I said I wouldn't, thanks, Brendan. You're uh, welcome. This is <laughs> this is what I'm here for. I was invited. I was going to make this the longest ever Garage Hammer episode that there ever was. Wait, what was that? Because I'm Alex, we lost him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm long-winded and very specific. <laughs> yes, that's okay. Uh, so Dan, you also played in the in the team. I did, and, and I had a wonderful you... time. Uh, I played. My partner was Ty from the uh, Basement of Death. Playing, you guys know Ty Tepford, and Ty and I. He had a Stormcast army with a Leviathan Drake, which you probably saw the combination of a Star Drake and a giant turtle. Oh, um, I saw that. Yeah, he won a Hobby Award at Holy Wars and Holy Wars for it. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful model or whole army. Yeah. And then he had two, I, I hope we get this right, he had two units of five sequiturs, and he also had a... He had a Lord Arcanum. Lord Arcanum. Yep. On, on Thundercat. Yep. And then a unit of three Thundercats. Are you sure those weren't sequiturs? No, no, those were not his guys. He, no? The sequitur, Lord Sequitur was on foot. He was on foot in his... Lord Arcanum was on foot? Yeah. Okay, so he, so, didn't, so he didn't bring the Thundercats with nope. him. No. Okay. So it was a pretty low-count army, and then... Oh, that, did he bring a castle? Is that what it was? No. Okay. Yeah. And so Shit. that was it. I mean, pretty low model count. And then I had my witches. I had my daughters. So I had a cauldron, Slaughter Queen on, on a cauldron. 
I had two hags and then two bricks of 30 witches. So we pretty much went first every game because we had relatively low drop armies. So uh, the first game we played was Scorched Earth. We played against uh, Dave and Zach from uh, Quincy area. And they were playing Seraphon and Sylvaneth. Man, it was close. In the end, points-wise on the table, uh, we both burned two of each's uh, objectives. They rolled a three and a two. We rolled a two and a one. Uh, it was it was eleven to twelve that we lost oh, points, oh. Um, and we actually felt really we got our secondary, so it was two and seventeen for us points wise. But we felt really good, even though we lost that so closely. They summoned in almost sixteen hundred points of stuff. I mean, on the third and the fourth turn, guys, they summoned in a Bastilladon turn three and a Carnosaur on turn four. But, and I mean, we were just stretched. My my witches were so stretched thin, and then they threw those two monsters in. It was, was amazing bad. that we didn't lose by a lot more. So that's why we felt pretty good about the game overall. Um, and we had a great time. And these guys were both amazing and really fun to play with. So um, that was our first game. So we lost our first one, and then we went to game two, and we actually played two guys from a local um, group that we played two weeks before in a practice game. Josh and Marlin, and they brought uh, Josh brought Zeech with a Gaunt Summoner and seven uh, Skyfires, and Marlin had seven. yeah some, seven. six or seven of them. It was it, insane. It'd be six, six, yeah. And then uh, Marlin brought his Stormcast, and they were all shooting. He had two uh, ballistas in the sky. He had fifteen. The crossbow guys or adjudicators. adjudicators. It all lined up in a gun line, and then he had two. Of the really giant, the Raptors hand crossbows, yeah, Vanguard Raptors. Yeah, <clears throat> so that was kind of interesting because that game was the one where you have three on the center line, um, the diagonal center line. You had three objectives, so we were only eighteen inches apart. And Marlin did not screen his judicators; he had them like right up front. And my witches were just looking across the board, going, "Oh, this is going to be juicy. This is going to be great." So I used my command point that I had, and I moved them 12, the one inch, 112. I rolled a five to run on the other one. So I was six and seven inches away from him with 60 witches against his 15 adjudicators. I feel pretty good about that. And I swiped 10 of them easily because the one didn't make it, but the one did. The one brick did. Um, so that took out a lot of his firepower. And then he dropped his two ballistas and his lord ordinator because he had an ordinator. We killed that guy, so that it got us the points. And we pretty much jumped on two of the objectives right away. So that put us pretty far ahead. But, of course, his Gaunt Summoner has the six-up, four-up mortal wound on everything. So he was just tearing my witches, my big bricks of witches apart. Um, and we ended up winning. We had, we got a major on that one. So we got 17-0, and 0, which was really nice. nice. Uh, it felt really good. And for me, you know, this is my second year of playing AOS, my first very first tournament game was my team tournament game last year, my first team tournament game. And I just feel so much more confident now playing. And it felt really good to feel like I knew the rules and like I knew my army. Um, it, it was just really, really enjoyable that way, um, um, being there. So anyway, game three, we played against Joe and Andrew. And Joe had a Sylvaneth army and Andrew had – oh, no, Joe had the – uh, Stormcast and Andrew had a Sylvaneth and um, Joe this was his first ever tournament and he was just like 
exhausted. The guy was barely standing up. And it was hilarious because he would go, oh, it's my turn. It's my turn. Okay. And he like roll some dice and he goes, oh, okay, that's a hit. No, I don't. Yeah, I think that's a hit. Okay, I'm going to get And he was just, it was like mantic. And it was just hilarious. He's going, oh, wait a minute. I got to move this guy here. And we're all, three of us are just looking at him like, is he going to pass out or is he just going to, it was just so funny watching him because he literally was just exhausted when he was playing. Um, and it was interesting because they had Drycha. And once again, my witches just got totally hosed with that. Um, shooting attack with its hitting on threes, uh, threes or mortal wounds, re-rolling ones. I think he took off 20 of my witches in one turn out of 30 in my brick. Yeah, can someone tell me what that is? I heard about this with Drica, and I what okay. does she do now, oh, and, and so how Dreyka, often can she do it? All right, so the way this works, Dave, is uh, Drica can be armed one of two ways in the shooting phase. She can be a horde buster or an MSU buster. Uh, both of these are missile weapon attacks, but don't have to hit rolls effectively. So the way the Horde Buster works is uh, it's a 10-inch range, and you roll for every model in the unit that is within 10 inches of Drycha. Okay. Right? And there's a, there's a number that's associated with how much damage she's taken, which mm-hmm. when you roll those dice tells you if it does a mortal wound or not. Mm-hmm. Cool. The other one is range is scalable. It goes from 18 down to 6. And in that case, you roll damage for uh, every every enemy unit within range. And wow. it does like I think D three, but you have to you have to pick before you take your list what she's armed with. Yes. So the the one thing about this this was changing priorities. Certain game was changing priorities, and we ended up with on their side of the board. Their objective was way over on their right flank, and ours was in the middle. So we could easily hold ours. And I had a Kaelbron temple that I took with my list. So I immediately moved my big brick of 30 over to that objective. And we, we were ahead 10 to nothing in the first turn. Pretty I good. Mean, yeah, it was pretty good. We were pretty far out, um, even though we wiped out a whole bunch of my witches. And then I moved my cauldron over there with Kaelbron. And um, it was funny because he had the Stormcast who's on the little like pony horse that can move around everywhere. You guys will know what that is. The guy that can teleport everywhere. The Lord Arcanum on Griff Charger? Uh, that's probably what it was, yeah. Okay. Um, so he was, at the end of the game, this is Joe, the guy who, poor guy who was just exhausted. He was like, hey, I'm going to move the guy here. So he saw an objective, and he's like, whoo, she's swooping over, and he's trying to roll, you know, you're rolling D6 or D3. Um, so he was doing that because, again, we were just spent. My witches in both games, two and three, just did a yeoman job. They were just... I think I lost 55 out of 60 in the third game, but they got the job done and they got the objective points and they held our objectives till the very last turn. And Andrew, um, Joe's partner at the end of turn four, he was like, we're done, man. We, we can't win. Literally. We, we can't roll the dice to win. And Joe was like, no, no, we got to go this whole thing. And so the rest of us were like, okay, we'll just play out the last turn. And uh, just kept going back and forth, but we got another major, so we won seventeen nothing, which was awesome. And so we ended up. I think there were what? How many teams? Uh, one hundred and forty-eight. I think it was one hundred forty-eight. Was that right? Forty-seven started. Okay, one hundred forty-seven, and we got thirty-fifth out of that, of which we okay. felt pretty good about that. Um, now you should feel really good, um, Alex, because. 
listening to obviously I'm a 40k player as well. There were only 120 teams at the 40k team tournament, so you guys had them beat by almost 30 teams. Well, that was yeah, but those are so, four man teams, though. Right, but I mean, still, it's what kind of you know, teams? Got, quads, quads. They do quads. Oh, boy, it would be really cool if Age of Sigmar had that. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of cool that you had that many teams. Mm -hmm. It was nice. And I think the other team um, from Milwaukee got 32nd was Bryson Heath. Mm -hmm. They did really well. So uh, Uh, We had had more than two teams there. No, I know we did, but I'm saying the top two teams were were Bryson Heath and and then Ty and myself. So again, really good tournament experience for me. And it's the first one kind of my tournament season. So my next one is going to be Brendan's Brew City in May. And then going to Domus's big deal down at Meltdown. Going to hit that. And because I am retiring, David, you and I talked about this a little bit when I when I met you and we were talking at uh, on Sunday, I think yeah. it was. Um, I'll have some more time. I'm hoping to go to more one days this year. I definitely want to try to get to Wapaka. That's going to hopefully be like the end of my tournament season. And I'm really planning on trying to get up there and maybe one or two other things. I don't know if I'll get the Dragonfall or whatever, but... Um, so it was a great start to my my competitive AOS year. I really had a great day and a great time. And thank you for all the uh, thank you for all your guys' hard work. I really really appreciate you making it possible for us. So this so I'm going to ask you guys, the three of you, the deal with summoning. Now, Uh-oh. you know, I want to ask the question because 1,600 points is a lot of summoning. It's like almost a whole other army. I know. A couple other people had talked about somebody had, I think, on one of them, twenty two hundred points of summoning or something. Like that's crazy. Is is that is that gonna get changed? Or they're just gonna leave it be because it doesn't matter in the long run. So I'll I'll preface this with Alex is not gonna answer this question. Okay. Uh, he's a playtester, and anything he says is taken as rule of law, okay. whether or not he's right. voicing his opinion or or not. So we're gonna do opinions here. Well, so your opinion, right? Uh, no, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna change the concept of summoning being free, because just fundamentally the way that the armies have been structured going forward. Now, mm-hmm. do the points change perhaps on on individual units so that the uh, physically what you take on the front end is uh, you have a lower model count and things are inherently quote unquote more valuable. That might be one of the changes that's made. The the in-game meta cost of what it takes to summon those things might change, but I don't think you're going to see a change to summoning being free. Okay. I, I just don't think. And what was weird in terms of points, like he had a, a slam, mm-hmm. you know, on a on a bailwin, and he was bringing in like I think sixteen or eighteen summoning points a turn. Yeah, which was That's just that like wow, that was crazy when we looked at the totals. His second team. Well, but he's he's committed over half of right. his army to that mechanic. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. yeah, just it was interesting playing against it because I'd never seen something like that before. And frankly, did it make a difference? Well, the game was awful close and those two dice rolls had been different. We would have won. So in the end, did it really matter? No. Well, and there's, there's your answer. Yeah. And I guess that's that is the answer to the question. But again, it was interesting that it was so much because we added it up. Like, wow, that's a lot of points. Yeah, I'm not the only one that can drive this train off the rails. So. <laughs> But I think okay. the point you're trying to bring up more is that it that's a potential feel bad moment. Um, well, it is to have essentially a third army get added to the table. Correct. 
So when you're dropping two monsters in two turns and you're going, wow, that's a lot of stuff. And but you play the game and you it's a dice game, you know, and you you just keep playing and you don't let it bother you because it is part of the rules. And if you let it bother you, then that's on you is the way I'm looking at it now after playing this game for a year. It doesn't bother me, really. It's just it is a little bit of a shell shock when you see it arrive. But then you just keep playing the game and you don't get discouraged and you stay positive and you keep trying to win. So. And that's a very different me, I can tell you. And Brendan could tell you that, too. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm just going to one more segue and then we can go. March 21st, Brendan knows why this is a really, really important day on my calendar every year now. This is I Beat Brendan Day in, uh, Day, in Dan's house. So it was a practice game yep. for his for his team tournament. No, no, not my your team. Ogres, yeah, my your ogres. And uh, I actually ogres. beat Brendan for the first time in a year, and that yeah. was pretty cool. It was a great game. I mean, it it came down to the wire, of course, and um, but it was it was a good feeling to know. And he gives nothing away. Oh my God, he gives nothing away. So I felt really good about that. Except um, that I was playing ogres. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for me for my, my Friday tournament experience, and it was a great time. So that just leaves you and me, Alex. Yeah, so you were gracious enough to volunteer to help uh, judge the event. Yep. Um, so you kind of saw the chaos on the back end in a more <laughs> adequate way than I could describe it, sort of, like with the list check-in and the registration. Um, so you got to experience my crankiness firsthand when I'm running the pit. Um, so I apologize for that, but we had you do something very special on the Friday, um, because we were broadcasting on the Warhammer TV and unbeknownst to me walking into the weekend, they needed somebody to help do like the in-game analysis and communication to the presenters. And you were the first guy that I thought of that would be great for that job. Um, so your gig essentially on Friday was you sat at the Warhammer Live table and you did what exactly? I typed for nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's the oversimplification of it. But the so the way that Warhammer TV works is they have the tech person that sits off on the side and makes sure that the cameras are pointing at the right thing and you know, make sure that the stream is up and running and communicates with uh, Martin and Eddie that, you know, they need to switch out battery packs or, you know, whatever it is that they have to do. Then you have Martin and Eddie, who are the presenters, and they're talking about the game. Well, the table doesn't have a mic in any way, shape, or form, so Martin and Eddie are just seeing the screen the same as everybody else's uh, in order to, you know, talk about it. So my job is to tell them what the dice are being rolled for, what's happening, and if I can provide any insight from the table, you know, perhaps things from my experience, uh, perhaps things that a player has said um, <coughs> in regards to their intent. And because this is doubles, you know, I can hear people communicating with each other and just to just to let them know what's going on so that they can provide information to the people who are watching on Twitch. Pretty straightforward. Huh. Yeah. Now, the last time I was on Warhammer TV was when I was in the UK uh, playing against Sam Pearson, and he actually wore a mic while we were playing, but they didn't have that. So they just had you to communicate what was going on on the table. Yep, that that is correct. 
And was that like an enjoyable experience for you or oh, was this like, a, I, why am I doing this? I loved it. I mean, I, I told you that if they needed me on Sunday that I would drop from the event and help you. Um, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. I thought it was a blast. I was, I was talking with Domus on the phone yesterday and I said, Hey, if your if your buddies didn't hate me or if they, if they thought I did a good job, like I'm willing to spend weekends doing this. Like I would be fine with that as long as, you know, they, they took care of me to a certain extent. I'm not going to do it for free. Um, but like, I'd be happy to do it. I thought it was great. I thought it was so much fun. The uh, game one was a blast because everybody, so I knew everybody but Pete Foley at that table. So these are all my buddies playing Warhammer, which is great. And Because uh, it was Pete, Domus, Bryce, and Heath. That is correct. Yeah, so, so these, are, these are all my Warhammer buddies, right? And they're just hanging out and throwing dice and like they're having a great time. And it was a really good game. It was super, super compelling to watch. And so, like, I don't see the Twitch stream, the the tech person and uh, Eddie and Martin do. And the uh, the tech person, Mariana, was telling me, she's like, people love this game. Like, this game is going so well. Um, so, like, that was really cool. Uh, game two was a little bit tougher. Everybody at the table seemed a little uh, hesitant about the cameras and the whole situation of it all. So they were, I had to really keep asking them what is like, what are you doing? What's going on? Please announce what it is that you're doing so that I can, you know, just click away. And the game three was handled by absolute pros because you had two guys from the UK in Liam and Pano who had been on the Warhammer stream before. So they knew exactly what the expectations were. And then you had the Americans in Zach and Carson and Carson's loud. So I never have to ask him what he's doing. Um, Man, you know they're also my friends, so it was just it was just a really comfortable experience. I had a had a really good time doing that, so it was a I enjoyed myself. So yeah, that was me. And I did list check in the morning, and uh, I've been told that I need to get a Judge Dread helmet for future <laughs> uh, for future judging instances. Uh, That'd be cool. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, but so, yeah, you ain't no Carl Urban, Urban but who is? <laughs> I can shave. <laughs> um, he just does it, but he could. Yeah, I could. I'm capable of it. Yeah, that was. Um, I I told the folks that like I'm willing to handle the the difficult conversations, and you know if people are going to be upset about things, like I have I have no problem saying like this is what it is. So I did, and uh, some people didn't like it, and that's all right. It's on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so we should also probably address the big news uh, that we announced at the end of the event. Um, so, and then for those that weren't there, uh, next year is going to be my meeting carries 10th year of running the fantasy and Sigmar events at Adepticon. You've been uh, renewed for a 10 year contract. Let's not get to that part yet. Um, <laughs> so in any event, this will be year 10 and something that's been getting kicked around since before I even took over was to do a fantasy four man or four player team, I should say. Um, and that was kicked around for a long time, but our numbers were just never good enough uh, to justify doing what 40 K does, but on our side of the hall and we've been kicking this around, kicking it around. And then this year we had 147 teams start the event 
145 finished. Thank you, Dave. Um, so I that had made... to make some money. I got to pay for this weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry. Easter, I'm dealing uh, Girl Scout cookies out of my army case. But that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, I still got 10 so... boxes left. I almost sold them all. <sighs> no, I had the, they had the bits trading. Dude, seriously. I know. I had four big-ass tubs in 45 minutes. They were empty. I was back hanging out, and I walked out of Adepticon after paying all my hotel and all my bills. I walked out $100 up, like food, okay. gas, bills. Hey, it, it, I had to be done. I'm, I apologize. I know it's kind of like no, – No, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, no. see how it is. I know it's more important. Money far more important than me. Any event. Um, oh, man. This is like my work wife all of a sudden. I didn't know this is okay. going to turn ugly. Good job. Uh, in any event, so <laughs> this year we had 145 teams finished. So that's 290 players, um, which made it far and away the largest Age of Sigmar event, um, participants-wise, period. Um, like, I, we didn't set the singles record uh, in the championship because we had 187 start the championship so we missed the mark by 12 um but for this for the teams we had 290 players and it's like okay so we've got the numbers there's no reason why we can't do this now so next year we're looking at doing a two-day five-game four-player team tournament um, and we're gonna model it as close as we can to the 40K side. So day one, you're going to play one game with each of your teammates. And then day two, the captains on those teams are going to set the pairings uh, for games four and five. So that is the plan. If logistically we cannot make it work, then the plan is to do a two-day, five-game, maybe six, two-player team tournament. So we're hedging the bets, but either way, the team event next year will be two days. Okay. So interesting. I, I would like quads. I would too. I really would, but logistics sometimes gets in the way. I would like yeah. tries, but I don't know how that's going to work. So I'm just throwing in my nonsense. You can just ignore me. I'm going to go back to taking notes. Over I intend there. to. Um, so. <laughs> The other thing, um, as of right now, I'm not intending on canceling the vanguards. Um, I do think we need a one-player event on either the Thursday or the Friday because not everyone's going to want to do teams or can't do teams both days. So we'll be probably running a 1,000-point vanguard event. I just won't be running it. <laughs> so if there's an opportunity, if somebody wants to run the Vanguard, we're going to be needing staff. And I have a feeling we're going to be needing staff anyway to the, help the quads because I think there's going to be a lot of people wanting to play in the quad. Because if you're coming to Adepticon for the four-man team for 40K and your thing is the four-man team event, you now have two to play in an Adepticon on different days. So you could do nothing but four-player team the whole weekend at Adepticon next year. Mm. So that's the plan, and we'll see what happens. But I don't know, 290 players, that's 
it's a big win for us. Um, one as a community and two as a convention. So I'll take it. And, you know, we ran behind again, partially because I'm really slow with the computer and uptake. <laughs> so we did have to push everything back, but once it got going, it went fine. It wasn't any real hiccups except we were just late on the time. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, that notion. Yeah. Now, it seemed to be running smooth. That's the amazing thing. We, we had a whole conversation about this um, when we were when the GT was going on while we were screwing around. And it's just, you know, say what you want about what you think about this game. Obviously, it's just as popular as fantasy ever was, at least as far as the more tournament so. size and things oh. go. Yeah, more so. But, man, if, I had, if, if, if someone said just give me one reason why this game is an improvement. It's because I think we answered as many rules questions over the entire course of the GT as we would have usually answered in one game in the previous edition. Yeah, that was that big old rule book. I mean, you won games just based on how many rules you knew more than your opponent. Yeah. I mean, right there. It's just like, I mean... I don't know. It's maybe a couple of dozen questions, like almost the whole weekend. It seemed like there was only a couple of dozen questions for the whole two-day GT. And how many of them were repeated? Yeah. Or something that was really simple. Like, I can do this, right? And you're the guy, I mean, literally walk over to the table like, yep, that's right. Okay, good. We were just checking. Like, not even, not all of them were like, you know, I don't want to say important rules questions. But it was more of a just like, hey, we don't want to do something wrong, and so we're just double-checking that we're right. Like, yes, they had the right answer to their question. They were just Great. confirming. Like, that's that's just – that's awesome. I mean, a game that you guys sit down and play without having to interrupt and, and pull – and, I mean, just how many judges did you used to have to have just for the rules? You it know? was bad, but I also had a lot more staff this year than I've had in years past. Well, that's so. because we all love you so much. Well, it's, mm-hmm. I also think I also think people that are at at minimum kind of local or uh, we'll call them community organizers understand that Adepticon's not for them. Adepticon is for everybody else in the sense that, yeah, you know, I live an hour and a half away from where it's hosted. Cool. I technically travel. Well. Cool, but this event is for the person that drove four hours. This is the event for the person where this is the only thing that they can go to every year. Like, I, I think some folks were starting to understand and realize that. That. Well, I mean, not so much that it's not for us, but it, look, if you're local, if you're not packing up and traveling and, and, and doing all this extra, help out. I mean, I've been saying for years people should help out, and then, then, then the guy who runs it all became my co-host, and then I had to put my money where my mouth was because you can't just sit here and be like, all right, listen, all of y'all need to volunteer so Alex has help because I ain't doing it because that, you know, that ain't cool either. So, but hey, honestly, it just makes I – I didn't mind it at all. It was it – was, um, like I said, all the, all the pressure's on Alex – and, and and he knows exactly how reliable I am. He's like, look, you just sit right here and make sure nobody walks over past you to there. That's your whole job. That's I can trust you to be a wall. I'm like, yep, I'm big, and I don't like to move, so I'm good right here. <laughs> and 
Yeah, I mean, I'll say this out for you. You know, you know where people's strengths are, and you know how to assign them to a task. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind helping at all. Honestly, it's it, it takes a lot of pressure off. I didn't have to bring as much stuff with me. I got up, I came down, I'm like, what can I do? I just, you know, and you're still having a good time. You're still walking around, you're still seeing people you know, you're still doing all that stuff without all that pressure of having to play Warhammer, which right. I just keep saying it, this, this playing this game keeps messing with my hobby time. So I probably wouldn't feel that way if I didn't suck so bad. <laughs> there you go, Dave. See, there you go. Once I get good at this game, now that I'm learning all my stats and upsetting people who are like, "Oh my God, you've been turned into a power gamer," because I know my stats. So once I do learn that, who knows? That was that was Friday. Yeah, two hours in, two hours to go. No, no, and no, <laughs> no. All right, so let's talk about this there GT since we already started talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, so this was uh, 187 players started, um, which is the biggest event we've had. Um, Everyone that wanted to play that was on the wait list got to play. We had people from many, many different countries and continents playing. Uh, We had Anthony Magro, obviously AOS coach, flew up from Australia. We had Rodrigo fly up from... Point Mexico. south in Mexico. I don't yeah, remember exactly Guadal- where he said that he's, he's from. from uh, he's from Guadalajara. Oh, he's from Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he flew up with uh, the corn dragon. I can't even. So, so, like, what did he did he bring on like a dog crate? Dog crate. And he's like, this is my support dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Um, he had a battle from I think just for the dragon because of how big it is. Good. Um, and he was the only one that brought a dragon. Um, I was really honestly surprised that there was only one dragon. Yeah, because um, it's been like it's been like six months. You know, normally somebody's got all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, but obviously we had guys come out from the UK, from Canada. Like we had a bunch of different people playing in the event this year, so that was really cool to see. Um, well, and that's on top of all the usual suspects. Yeah, for reals. Um, so I was very intentional with the pack, with the realms, um, avoiding some that created really bad matchups or feel bad moments like life, I think is a potential for a feel bad moment, depending on your matchup. Um, and then the same with, uh, shadow. Um, I did use that, but we used it with total conquest or was it a, yeah, it was total conquest we had that with. Yes? Yeah, I believe um, so. Yeah. Yes, this way the points were always under threat from the command ability. So this way you weren't ever, like, not contesting or dealing with all four points at once. So. Yeah, I tried to be a little more deliberate in the pack. And the other thing that we did is you had to pick two of the hidden agendas every round instead of just one to try to break up and do more separation in the players, because we only have five rounds to do to separate 187 down to the top. Right. So, and even then, we still had a four way tie for second. Yeah. Yeah, merely. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. So, uh, I, I will say, though, this year, the tertiaries, those are some of the hardest tertiaries I've seen in a pack. Those were You're really, welcome. They were really rough. Um, Got to get your separation somewhere, right? Exactly. And well, and tertiary is supposed to be about winning, but also winning by more. Um, so, you know, in game two, if you didn't have any shooting, sorry, couldn't get full tertiary. Oh, well. Should have brought snowballs. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not saying I'm a tactical genius, but I got full tertiaries in that game, so. Well, you brought snowballs, though. I brought snowballs. Yeah, that's right. I came prepared. Yeah. So, um, now, Brandon, you only played in day one. That is correct. Of the GT. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were on the live stream again on Sunday, and you graciously volunteered to do uh, the same job again that you did Friday on Sunday. Yep. So, yep. what was your day one experience? You had, you had brought uh, Ogors. Brought Ogors. Yeah, so so my list was Frostlord on, on uh, Stonehorn, two Huskards on Snowballs, uh, Butcher with Cauldron, three units of three Ogres, one unit of six Iron Guts, 2,000 points on the nose. Obviously, super good army. So I played Daughters Game 1 against my Game 3 opponent from last year's Adepticon, and I got smoked. But, you know, I I made him work for it, but I got smoked. Then I played uh, Evan from Grand Rapids with his Deepkin. His Deepkin was lovely. And I put the Fear of Stonehorns into him, top of one. Because my Stonehorn had the Thermal Rider cloak, so he's got plus four inches in flying, and he can run and charge. So I killed his Tidecaster with my impact hits. I rolled a six, boom. Killed uh, 30 Thralls or 20 Thralls. I killed a lot of Thralls. And he just looked at it all and went, oh, no. (laughs) Um, But he had had six more Sargard. He had a Turtle. He had Volternos. I was like, I needed to do this to even have a chance. Yeah, so it was a super close game, and we had a lot of fun, but I came out with that win. And then I played Christian F. and Ware in game three, and uh, we didn't realize the garrison rules weren't in effect, so whoopsies, and that's probably what helped him win that game. And uh, yeah, so I, I lost that one, but that one was also very close. So I felt pretty good about running Ogres, getting full sportsmanship points, Something that's been a while since I've I've done that. Um, again, the feel bad. So I had a good time, and that evening I turned to Alex and I said, "Hey, if Warhammer TV needs me again to do that thing, I will do the thing." And they said, "Yes, we do need you to do that thing." I said, "Okay, I'll drop. That's fine. I will I will help my friends out and I will help ensure that." Adepticon is as much fun for everybody here and elsewhere as possible. So, and I do appreciate you stepping up and doing that. Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, happy to help. Because again, like I said, Adepticon's not for me. Adepticon's for everybody else. Yeah, I can I can get in. I can get along with that. Yeah. Honestly, I'm there to hang out with my friends. I really am. 
I'm there to meet see people that I never get to see. Adepticon is the one chance in the year I get to see all our friends from England and from other, you know Australia. You know, from heck, even just friends from across the country. I pretty much the only time I get to see Christian, you know, is when we get together at Adepticon. So for me, it's 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 about the whole thing. Now I know there's people who go there because they want to win Adepticon. You know, I I played in the bajillion man tournament and I won. And hey, more power to you. God bless you. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Somebody's got to win. Might as well be you. But that is not why I'm there. I'm there to play some games that I enjoy and have some fun. And uh, if I if I give up a couple of days to help with the GT, then uh, then that's cool. If I give up a couple of days to help with something else, that's cool. I mean, it's not like Alex is a taskmaster. During slow parts, I got to play Underworlds against Rotor, so it was awesome. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then we got all the paint judging done day one. Amazing! Uh, you got all paint before judging done before two. like the end of game two. Oh. That was bananas. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, uh, it was actually before the start of game three. Carrie's listening in and correcting me because you know that's what she does. Hi, Carrie. Um, <laughs> in any event, uh, so we got all that done, and then on day two during lunch, we displayed the top sixteen armies of those that uh, survived to day two. So, let me narrow it down to... Ones. Oh my yeah, goodness. That Aren't entire you? row, any of the 16 could have won. In any order, and I don't think you would have had a bad choice. Yeah, it's just preference at that point. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the, it, there was a nice nuts. variety of armies, too. Like, there was, there was something there for everybody's tastes. I mean... I don't know. I was I yeah. was impressed. I'm always impressed by the painting, though. It was very order heavy. I will say that. Yeah, there was a lot. Well, there was daughters who were up there a few times. Sylvaneth, Deepkin, um, all of yeah. those are like artist armies. So, oh yeah, that's those are. Yeah. And then obviously you still had stuff like um, Oscar Lars uh, with his Stormcast with the NMN. Um, just absolutely stunning. Um, and then Matt Zajek ended up taking it with his uh, Sylvaneth. But again, that's an artist's army. Right. So, and that is what he is. And kudos to him for doing that. But then you see stuff like Butcher's Nurgle. You see Andrew Simons with his uh, okay. absolutely gorgeous Anvils of the Heldenhammer. Um, so, but it was just a complete showcase of the best parts of hobbying, of painting, of sculpting. Um, so it was a really nice thing, and I always try to make sure that we do that, um, mainly because of Dan and Wayne uh, from Heel and Hammer Days, because they went to a tournament and they basically ripped them apart because they didn't do that on day two to display the top X percent. So since then, I've always done that, just because I didn't want to get a bad review on a podcast. But that's just me. Yeah. yeah so, um, and then as far as the GT, we actually lost about twenty or so players going into Sunday. Unfortunately, uh, due to um, a pack error um, with the rules pack that was posted on the website, um, as well as parking and alcohol. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and there was I a lot of the people that, first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I 
the drops that I talked to, there was a lot of people that lost a game day one and dropped out because they didn't think they were competing for anything day two. <sighs> I don't like that. I mean, I I get if you gotta if you're gonna like if you're gonna go home or like. I you know hey I I've totally tanked I'm I'm at the bottom you know I think I'm just I got a I got an eight hour drive I'm just gonna take off early I I kind of get that like if you had it it's been a long weekend and you want to get the jump on the drive I get that but if you're if you're if you're just like oh I, I can't win anything and then you drop on you hang out the whole day <laughs> I'm just like oh God bless America hey and yeah what's the point in that yeah you you were there. And, and once again, I'm not criticizing. I'm not trying to call people out. I don't know who did that. I don't know who it was. No, um, I will. I will, Dave. There you go. So, you, you call out. So, I, you yeah, know, if you're so hungover or is, something, I guess I suppose I could see that. But even then, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I get well, it. You're not feeling so, well. So withdrawals like that are irresponsible in the sense that there are there were people on the wait list that did not go, did not attend because they didn't think there was going to be space. And you chose based on decisions that you made as an individual. Now, I'm, t- I'm going to talk about exceptions here in terms of it's an emergency. That stuff happens. Life, right? Oh, but I've had you, to bail early a plenty of times from tournaments thanks to my dopey kids. It happens. But if you went out and made the active decision to drink too much, not show up on time, do all of these other things, you're doing a disservice to all those people that actually wanted to be there and were actually going to play those two days because of X, Y, Z, whatever reasons. Like this, this isn't this isn't all about you. And part of this too, as somebody who has gone, who last year went one and four at both of his first tournaments, his <laughs> one game at tournaments. You know, it's like I'm going to take my toys and go home because I didn't win enough. I mean, that's kind of that's what I see some of these people doing, and it's like what. I'm there to play the game. I played every game as best so I could to the best of my ability, and I had a good time playing. You know, whether I won or lost, and I enjoyed playing all five games, whether I won or lost. And I was glad to be there at the end on both Sundays and see other people get recognition for doing really well. Yeah. And so I just I just can't comprehend people who just quit because they didn't do good enough. I just can't. That doesn't make sense to me. That's yeah, because the, the last year when we were at the old the old place, whatever whatever the old place was called, I forget. The Weston. The Weston. The last year we were there, I went one and four, and I got crushed on the. It wasn't like it wasn't like I had four. It was four games of me just putting my toys away. It was it was harsh. Like I actually, I would, I would, I was. It, it stressed me out. Like, it wasn't that I had to win games. I knew I wasn't going to win much, but I was just taking such a phenomenal beating. Like, I had, like, beatings like I had not experienced that many in a row over two days before. Like, mm. I finally won a game round five. And we were just playing it really casual because it was just me and this other dude, and we were both like, hey, we both suck. Let's play. <laughs> and I, I just, I mean, it was literally, it was, and that was a close game. Like, we were having fun with it, you know? Um, and I, I, I pulled out a lucky one win that year. I could see how that could be discouraging and disheartening, but I, I never once thought, oh, I'm going to quit because I'm not doing yeah. well. And maybe it's because I don't expect to do well. I mean, if all you're there for is to do well, I mean, aren't there guys? Isn't that Doesn't that happen in the 40K a lot because you got to win a bunch and then you get to go and play in the little separate 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was just talking to Brendan before the game. We won't go there because it's too much of a – it would be a huge segue. But I also think that 40K is much more um, stratified. I really do. I think if you were to look at all the big tournaments, you would have the same, almost exactly the same people at the top 16 tables out of, you know, 300 tables. And it's always that way. And then you get everybody else who just kind of comes to play, have a good time, maybe win a game or so, but they just like playing 40K. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think it's different in 40K that way where – yeah, it's always going to be the same people, but 90% of the people just go to play the game. All right, well, and, and we can talk uh, objective items to objective items here, where 40K, the their championship is played Thursday, Friday at Adepticon. And you have to, you, you play your entry into Friday on Thursday. You need to win every single game on Thursday with all of your points, to even have a chance to be invited to play on Friday. If your goal was to play Friday and you lost a game, well, that's it. You weren't gonna. You're not gonna do it. It's not gonna happen. You know what? If your goal was to be first place at Adepticon in the Age of Sigmar room and you lost a game, okay, you weren't gonna do it. But here's the other cool thing: is there are other awards to play for that you can win at four and one. You can win best in faction at four and one. You can win best paint at four and one. You can be, you can win sportsmanship at four and one. Like you can win sportsmanship at one and four. Yeah, you can win sportsmanship <laughs> at one and four. Like it's it's also with winning Adepticon, the Age of Sigmar side, only one person wins it. You have first, second, and third, but all all three of those people had to win five games. That's what it is. That's what it is. Like. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to max on that on that paint sheet. Like, it's you know, if you're playing sportsmanship rules as written, it's really hard to max on sportsmanship. Like, it's hard to get all of your in-game points, all your secondaries, all your tertiaries. That's a difficult thing to do. And if you are so arrogant, ignorant, or confident that you're going to go do it, good on you. Like, that's I mean, that's a super hard thing to get done. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. So. All right. So after Brendan brought this to a screeching halt, where are we at now? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Sunday? Yeah. Saturday? Monday? Yeah, I think Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Sunday, we just we finished it up. It was, it was there's. It was pretty smooth. I was very proud of Alex and how he, he kept he managed to, to run a very all things being equal with some slight delays and a few other things. It seemed from where I was sitting that things ran pretty smooth. And Alex will disagree with you because everything that didn't go perfect is something that eats at the back of his skull and I understand. Which is so, why I'm standing here saying, no, no, from the person who didn't have all the balls to juggle and wasn't watching it, I realize your show didn't go exactly as you wanted it to, but the rest of us, uh, other than the slightly late start, anything else that didn't go exactly as planned, most 90% of us at least didn't notice. We all just had a good time. 
Yeah, just just the other ten percent that operate it. Okay, ninety five. So yeah, and uh, and and all those things drive us insane as well. Like no, I I get it. <laughs> it's very you, kind, guys. David, you guys know you deserve it, Alex. I I can certainly say as a player on Friday, I noticed nothing, and I had a great time all day. I had a great time. Yeah, the people I met and playing with Ty, it was just a great experience. So I noticed. Nothing but that I had a great day. So, um, do you guys want me to talk at all about um, a couple of things I did on Saturday, or? Yeah, I am interested in hearing about the Song of Fire and Ice. <laughs> okay, so Song of Fire and Ice, I think most people know, but it's it's a rank and file game based on Game of Thrones, but the trays basically hold either twelve or four models, um, three rows of four, or you get two rows of two if it's like horses and stuff. They're a little bit bigger. The oh, same kind of trays. Hold up just one second. Yeah. If you if you got the upgraded swag bag, you got yes. the starter box. You got the st- that's a hundred fifty dollar. Oh my, oh my god, David! I saw that and I realized how much it was. Like he's handing me that box. Yeah, <laughs> I brought oh it home. Gosh. I pulled it out. I didn't get a chance to play it. Chris and I we didn't have enough time. Christopher came over. We went through all the rules and kind of set stuff up and realized. We don't have time to play this. So we got to go to work in the morning. I'm kind <laughs> of excited for this game. Like it yeah. looks like fun. It, it it was, and you know when I played on, I played two sessions on Saturday morning, and the learning curve is really really quick. Um, the models, the plastic is really really nice quality. It's not like some of the Reaper stuff where you know you get a sword and the sword's kind of curved over all the time and stuff. The plastic was very rigid and. You could really, the models were really high quality, and they sat in the trays. They were very base-heavy, so you didn't have to worry about them tumbling out of the trays when you were moving them around, and you do that a lot. It's a very tactical game. They fit in really really nice. And one of the cool aspects is all the characters from the story are in the game, and they have an in-game function where they literally affect the battle, like... Cersei will do something. It's just kind of this little sideboard, and you can play Tyrion, or you can play Arya, or Jon Snow, or whatever. And when you play them on this sideboard, they have their own effects, and then they do something general, and it really makes a cool, cool aspect to it. You're running a um, political game on the side. It actually reminds you yes. a little bit of uh, uh, Twilight Imperium, where every turn you mm-hmm. pick, you pick one of the little with their strategies or the bonuses. Um, you can, you know, if once someone else grabs it, you can't get it. No, um, I know. I, I, the the Starks, they have the uh, the the cavalry unit, and yep. if you, if one of the little political, if you get that specific political machination, because you have that specific one, they get a bonus. So, like, yep. there's a lot of weird tactics involved in this game. You get a you get a deck of cards. I mean, because yep. honestly, the mechanics for the rules for actually the fighting between the units. Easy. I mean, it's like not just Warhammer Light. This is like it's it's like Kings of War level. Even And they've even cleaned it up more than that. It's more simplified I mean, than that, if you can believe it. And you get 12 models on a tray at most. That's it. You know, yeah. so the if game goes really smoothly. you want to swap out for a and- character, you can only swap out for one. In fact, I thought that was interesting. Oh, I could put a champion in and pull out, a, but you pull out a regular model. But if I put a champion in, I can't put a named character in. Like you get a extra model. Like there's no, there's no messing around. There's no. It, I there's so many different levels of stuff with the decks, and the, I'm just like I said, even Christopher, who has 
absolutely zero interest in A Song of Ice and Fire, has zero interest in Game of Thrones. Um, he went through and was like, this, this could be really interesting. He's like, this is not just, you know. Uh, yeah. You no. Know, no, it's, it was it, worth the price of admission for sure. Yeah, 30 bucks for a $150 box. Yeah, I'd say there was yeah. a good return on investment. Well, no, you had, to, you, got the up, you, had to, you had to get the upgrade. Okay. Invasion. So it wasn't just thirty. It's like well, and like I have a fun story to tell on my Sunday experience. I didn't play both sessions on Sunday, but Michael Chennault, which is one of the guys who created the game, literally was playing a scenario against ten players on the other side of the board during the second session. Oh, it was Bobby called Fisher. Assault on King's Landing, and Joffrey was in the middle in his tray with his little bodyguard. We each had both sides had ten trays. And Michael was just role-playing Joffrey so beautifully. Like, okay, you traitor scum, no, you might as well just walk away now. And it just going on and on. It was hilarious and so entertaining. And then you guys will love this. So there were a couple of kind of neutral units, the Boltons. And this one Bolton unit had um, archers. And so all of a sudden, Michael goes, hey, you know, it would be really helpful if you – shot all your archers into that Stark unit right next to you. And the guy's looking around, the other nine of us going, what? He reaches into this box and he slides one of the little, like, supplement boxes with ten miniatures across the table to this guy. (laughs) And we're going, no. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, I'll take the box. And so he shoots and he kills, like, half the Starks in the tray, right? And he does this, like, two or three more times going... Man, you look like you could really use a little help over there. And he pulls another box out and slides it across the table. That's fantastic. It was hilarious. And then he looks at me because I had John Stark in my tray, and then his father was in the tray right next to me. So he looks, Michael looks at me because, come on over here. I need to talk to him. He goes, Nobody else is hearing this. He's like, You know, I know you've always wanted to be king, and I can really help you out with that that life dream of yours, all you need to do is attack your father and wipe his unit out. That's it. That's all you need to do, and I will make sure it is worth your while. So I walk back around the table, and I'm thinking, man, maybe I could get a couple little boxes or something, right? And then I'm also thinking, well, I'm sorry. I just can't do this. I'm thinking this to myself. So he looks at me and goes, it's your turn, John Stark. And I was, okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to role play myself. And I looked over and I just said, strength and honor, man. And I attacked one of the Lannister units and I killed it. And he gave me the look. Michael gave me this look like, you scumbag, man. You you cannot follow directions, right? And we played through the game. We ended up killing Joffrey just barely. And he was handing out a few more boxes and stuff. And I'm going, well, I'm not going to get a box. I can tell you that right now. And then at the end of the game, there are these little promotional um, figures where they made a J.R.R. Martin, the author, into a Seneschal type model, which is really cool. And it's only offered at Adepticon. They were promotional models. Well, he threw nine of them to the other guys. He didn't throw one to me at all. Right? And I'm thinking, oh man, I really screwed this up. But I'm also thinking I had the most amazing time for that two hours, just the way he was playing it. So I went over to just say, you know, thank you, and I appreciate you, you would, you know, giving us this great game. And he goes. No, you're not getting away like that. I need to talk to you. And so he walked down to the end of this long table. He reaches down and he picks up a Night's Watch starter box. Oh. And he freaking hands it to me and he autographed the box. Oh, you're never going to open it, right? Well, and it's like, 
how amazing was that, guys? What I mean, that was just the most. That was the highlight. It could not have ended Adepticon on a better note than that. I'd be interested in playing that. That you. was yeah, we should. Um, but that was my story for a minute, and it, it was really a cool story that you know it all worked out that way, and I ended up getting an extra forty models, you know, or forty figs. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But just so neat, so wonderful, and and the game is cool and all that kind of stuff. So that was my song and ice, song of fire and ice experience. And then Saturday night, real quickly, I played a Speed Freaks uh, thing, which is orcs on buggies and bikes and stuff like that. And there were five of us playing at the table. There were two father and son teams. The guy who was running it and his son was maybe 13, 12, 13 years old. But the coolest kid. He knew all the rules. He was such a cool gamer. And then the other pair that I played against was father and son. And Brendan, the son was actually going to Purdue. Oh, small world. I went there. I yeah. don't know if anybody knew that. Uh, so there were five no of us at the table. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody brought in the first, this first scenario was like a slalom kind of race. You took your buggies only. You're supposed to hit eight points in sequence. Nobody made it past point three. Woo. Everybody was either blown up or crippled or could not move by by the end time everybody got her, the people who survived got the, to marker three. It was hilarious. Running into my, my buggy, like the front end had fallen off. My steering wheel was gone. I was on fire. It was just so orky. And in the second game, it was all five of us like last man standing. And the game ended when one guy's buggy was trying to crash into the last bike that was on the table. And they both blew up. And the freaking game was over, and we were all dead. There were no models on the table at all, and it was just, it was just so cool and so much fun. Um, you know, it, it couldn't have been more like beer and pretzels of a game. And you needed four models to play the whole game. You needed three bikes and a buggy, and that was it. That is totally so that, beer and pretzels, one hundred percent. Because and it was like five hours we played those two games, and we had just an amazing time. Yeah, I, so. Yeah, I picked up uh, I picked up Speed Freaks because and I just built the starter box and we played it here a couple times at home, and yeah, it's just everything gets smashed. It's just like see how quickly you could pile up cards on your friend and then he's out. Like honestly, if I had a if I had a critique, it's like just roll sixes and there's not even sixes. It's just those hit dice. Just just roll those hits because that's everything in this game. Just smash in the stuff and then just pile up the damage tokens as quick as you can. Oh yeah, it was it was so much fun. Oh my gosh! So I had a great Adepticon. I did all those different things and some unique experiences, and it just was great. Just a great four days. Yeah. Any uh any big important purchases for anybody? No. Okay. I actually never made it into the vendor hall. I believe that. Completely. I was like, the only time I was in there was to get food uh, while I was TOing. And on my way back, I made sure to just kind of take the long way home. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I stayed out because I know I buy things I don't need. I actually was out in the little hallway there by the Badger booth, and the booth next to it was selling, uh, what is it, Vallejo uh, spray primer. And I saw they had bone white, <laughs> so I bought one. I said, maybe this will help me get through all yeah, that. Yeah, maybe this will fix my problems. Yeah, so I bought a bone white. I'm going to give that a, sh- a try hopefully this weekend, get some skeletons out there and 
spray them bone white and see. I'm really looking forward to. I'm really leaning heavily into, uh, you know, prime it, wash it, dry brush it, be done with it, get it on the sure, table. Dave. Yeah, yeah. So I picked up some army painter stuff because I use that. Um, I use the the paints, you know. So. Um, I picked up some because I knew what I was low on, and I know they're always there, so I made a list this time instead of last year when I didn't make a list, which was really stupid. And then there was some, I think it was an airbrush company, but they were out in the main lobby, kind of like where you get your tags and everything. Badger, Badger yeah, mm-hmm. and they had some um, brush-on primers, and I thought that would be kind of interesting to try because I don't have space here for an airbrush where I live, so everything is rattle can down in the parking basement underneath the building. Uh, so I thought maybe if I'm painting one or two models or a group of five or something, it might be kind of cool to try some of those brush-on primers instead of spraying stuff. Where'd yeah. you get that? Uh, it was uh, the Badger. Badger. The Badger. Yeah, oh, it so, was like, like those big quart bottles of the primer? Well, it wasn't quite that big, but it was, yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know how many Ozers, but maybe about eight Ozers, something like that. Um, I got but a they few were of like those. Gray, black and stuff, but I thought I'd yeah. give them a try. You know, nothing They're great. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got. You can actually use them in your airbrush, but it's nice. It's thin. It's easy. And when it's really cold outside, or, or when it's really humid, um, I'll just pull out this and just put just you know put a few drops onto the paint tray, and I'll I'll prime with it, and it goes on real nice and smooth. It's really, if you need to, brush on the primer. That's the one yeah. I. That's the one I always go to. Okay, well, and I'm not just good, saying that because my cousin used to work for Badger. I just, it's really good stuff. Uh, I yeah. really like it a lot. Okay, great. I bought two airbrushes from them uh, this uh, this oh. last weekend. Okay, because uh, it's time. Yeah. I go through too many armies to keep doing this by hand. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I bought some Magnarack spacers because mm-hmm. you know now I'm flying to events because I'm a degenerate. so then my next question goals for next year Alex I feel like this is going to be an easier question to you first Um, survive that's a good goal yes yes Um, so obviously it's the four player team and getting that off the ground. And then I want to crack 200 for the singles, but we'll see what happens. It's just a matter of doing it. And, you know, like this year was bananas. I ran Adepticon half on my own, which I've never done before. Because normally I have Carrie, who is the queen of dependability when it comes to the stuff. And then I tried to organize all of these people, plus dealing with a three-month-old. Um, so, I mean, I think this is the hard year, but next year, I don't know. I want to see over 200 in the singles, and I'd like to see over 300 players in the teams, but obviously we'll see what happens. And 75 quads? No problem. I can only hope. Yeah, um, so cool. So for me, I'm going to play in one event next year, and I'm going to TO the rest of my days. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. I'd like to play in quads. Um, that's that's just darn near the coolest format that uh, Adepticon offers on the 40K side. 
and growing up the um, the hobby shop that I went to, and him and his buddies still still do a super theme every year. They they did the coolest stuff for the 40k quads. The a huge display board. It's all super themed. It's all super well painted. They all wear costumes. Like it's like they go all out every single year. Something different every single year. It's crazy. Like I would love to do that. And you know what? I'll I'll TO for champs. I play enough 2K. Like I'm good. Happy to do it. You know, I don't have any real aspirations or desires to be like, oh, we're going to win quads. Like, no, I just want to go and have fun. Like, it's it's a format I've always wanted to play in. I've I've enjoyed the fantasy side more than the 40K side since I've been introduced to it. So I just want to play. Mm-hmm. Just have a good time and, and TO. So that's me. For me, I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed at Adepticon after starting to go to play in anything for more than one day just because I enjoy trying so many different things because there's so many things I wanted to try arena Rex this year and just didn't have a chance. I'll teach you to play. Um, so if, if you, ch- you know, if we end up changing, if you change it to like a four man thing and it's a couple days and there's no two man one day, I'll probably just go with the Vanguard cause I want to play AOS for sure. So I would go to the Vanguard to have that one day doing that, but then I'll just figure out what else is going on. And if, you know, they have another ice and I think the ice and fire tournament was one day. I think it was. I would play in that. Um, and then again, just try some other stuff like I did this year um, on the other two days and just hang out and make sure I had something planned for Saturday afternoon. And then I decided to cancel it just so I'd have that time. And I took a combat nap and, you know, just hung <laughs> out and, and walked through the vendor hall 10 times and saw people and had drinks with people and. Like you said, David, you know, a part, a huge part of it is just seeing people you haven't seen or meeting people, and that was what I enjoyed doing Saturday afternoon and other times. So that would be my goal for next year is to just try different things again, but definitely play in some kind of an AOS event. Nope. What about you, Mr. Whitech? I got no goals. I'm going to go next year. I'm going to sign up for whatever. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play in the four-man team because I don't know if I got – Four guys. Um, I'll help out with the GT again because I like doing it, and Alex can use the help. Um, unless he winds up really needing the help in the four-man, and then everyone's going to want to play in that. I'll help with that. Man, I just I, I just doing whatever. I mean, I know it sounds silly, but that's just that's where I'm at. Like, I love this hobby. I'm going to paint some stuff between now and then. I'm going to play in some stuff when I get there. I, I don't care what, to be honest with you. I just like being a part of it. Anyway, folks, this has been Garage Hammer. <laughs> Episode 214. Five days of five days in March. Uh, I think we covered it all, though. We have, we have, we have, we have put this one There is only one thing we missed. Yes, Alex? Is it the preview? Is it when the preview. Game? So then you guys want to talk about that? Do you guys want to talk about it? Yes or no? I, I wasn't in the room. So and I, I wasn't either. So I can't I can't <laughs> tell you the the outpouring of emotion that occurred when I looked at my phone and said, Wow, Caradron <laughs> Overlord's Nightfault. This is what we were looking for. 
No, yeah. that that wasn't the big release. Is that <laughs> that was that was one of the cool ones. Yeah, I mean the the loading gun was super cool, but yeah. Oh gosh, what was what was the other one? Um, <laughs> Warcry. I think Warcry was pretty cool. There's some cool models from that. And Forbidden yeah, Power. They... There's there's the Nagash spell that was pretty cool, and a guy on a boat. Won't make boats. There were some. Weren't there some pink purple people? I can't remember no. what that was about. I don't even remember no. if that was a big deal. I think they just went over that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the end. The awesome new Hedonites of Slanesh battle yeah. tome. Yep. Good grief. Yeah. Those yeah. models. Man, wow. Like every everybody's losing themselves over the keeper. What was that model with a demonette on top of that okay. other thing? This was Xerxes. It was Xerxes. So cool with the demonette. Yeah. That's so cool. I can't wait. You talk about an artist's army. That next mm-hmm. Adepticon, that is going to be someone is going to have something that is just amazing. Like, oh, can't wait! I hope it comes out in time for Bruce City Brawl, so that way somebody, somebody, somebody inevitably will take a week off of work, get it all painted, and show up. And I can't wait! It's going to be great. Selfishly, no, no, it's it was a fun book to work on. Um, when we get there. So there's, there's more stuff coming too. I believe it. It's, yeah. <laughs> there's no way they just release, you know, four new kits or whatever, or whatever it's going to be like that. That's a product line that needed some love in terms of, in terms of models. And I'm not even going to just talk rules. Like that is an old product line. People, people. And it got a, it. Yeah. And it got a big update with, Obviously, the new plastic keeper, and I'm assuming it's plastic. Yeah, yeah. What what else would it be? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's all that, and then Fire Slayers gets announced for the next Ordo Battle Tome. Did you guys see that coming? Um, no. Well, yeah. Well, yes and no. The the fact that Fire Slayers would get updated at some point, I think yes. Did I think it was going to be at Adepticon we would find out? No. I don't think so. Yeah. It was a, it's cool. I think they're going to get, you know, they're going to get runes. Uh, you know, I think they're obviously getting the the Realm of Fire pizza oven. So that's cool. So, um, you know, I, I think this would be something that they might, that you might see like a new box or two alongside because this is a this is one of those older books, just like Iron Jaws, where you had enough models to field an army, in the sense that like in terms of unit diversity, but like that's an army that would go like a long way would go towards them being more popular is if you just had two more kits. So, yeah, I think uh, obviously Alex, you can't tell us. That's fine. I'm good with it. Um, but I. Just the direction that we've gotten from all of this stuff has consistently been in the right direction. Um, you know, one of one of my complaints from the books is I don't feel that they come out with the same level of uh, rules intensity. I'm I'm fine with everything being dialed up to eleven and breaking the knob off, but I want everything to be at that level. And I don't I don't think we've been I don't think the book releases have been consistently consistent in terms of. Um, 
the the rules intensity. They're fun though. They're a lot of fun. Beast of Chaos, awesome. Gits, awesome. Flesh Eater Courts, don't talk to me about Crystal Gore. Blister Skin, awesome. Skaven, rough. <laughs> but I, I'm biased, so. <laughs> yeah, you'll notice we're not doing a review on Skaven just in our podcast, so we are going to do Blades of Corn this week, but no Skaven, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll review it that's all eventually. Brendan. Yeah, but that's Brendan living up to the artist formerly known as Lord of Death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. That's uh, true. It's, I don't. I'm not a doctor. I just play one on television. <laughs> yes. So, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about from the big reveal. Um, Loon Curse. That's a box, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the so the prediction on that one is Sylvaneth and Gitmob. Or uh, not Gitmob. Spite. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> Gitmob. <laughs> Boy, that'd be something. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that product line is done. Uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be, from my understanding, Sylvaneth and Gloom Spike. Because we need more. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I I can barely reconcile the idea of it wasn't that long ago that you got four books a year, two for 40k, two for Warhammer Fantasy. Your book got updated basically once a decade, and you should be grateful for it. I like I can't I can't imagine telling a younger version of myself, look, every week something new is gonna come out and it's all gonna be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So it keeps us podcasters in business, that's for sure. Gives us plenty of things to talk about. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so I think that's Adepticon. Yeah, so. Can we safely say that? Now. Yeah, I think I'm, so. I'm comfortable with that notion. And I, I can't thank you enough, David and Alex, for, for having us on. We really, really appreciate the time to hang out with you guys. So, oh, No, this course. is fun. Yeah, pretty good time. This was great. And, folks, check out these bros on, uh, on Cubic Shenanigans. It's kind of like this. They got a teacher in there, and then they got a crazy man in there. So, um well, Alex, Alex checked me out on Saturday night, and he comfortably really? said that I'm not insane. Um, but you know, uh, that would be my third opinion. So he's currently outnumbered two to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but the real question is: Were you previously evaluated by mental health professionals? Uh, yes. Okay. Well. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> well, so they were they were the uh, what was the right title? Psychiatrist? Is that like does that qualify? The one said I checked a lot of boxes for that, so um, ah. but I never went back to see him because I I didn't want to. I didn't want to be there in the first place. All the answers were wrong, so yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I thought. It's okay. In any event. So if people uh, wanted to check out your guys' show, how would they go about doing that? Um, they could go to iTunes. They could go to Spotify. We're on both. Um, and our yep. And, got a website. Yeah, we got a website, Cubic Shenanigans, and yeah, check net. that out. Um, any of those things. Or you can follow us on the Twitter that I made. And I'm at Storm Stormcaller Dan. 
I'm at hobby underscore bear, and the show uh, Twitter handle is terrible. It is at cubic shenaniga one, the number, because <laughs> it I did it on my phone and <laughs> didn't let me pick the handle. <laughs> so yeah, we're all over that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Did it. Yeah, well, we've got a whole extra hour of material we need to cover, so what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> no, okay, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, <laughs> only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. Or doing another hour of recording. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.